0: So I took another trip recently and you you guys know my MO with trips. It's just go and be a normal person, do normal person things and not get in trouble. Yeah. Not land myself in any situations and I had the most fucking normal person thing planned for the train down and I was so excited about it. Like, I was pumped.
1: What's your normal person plan?
0: (laughs) I was going to play Snake Pass the entire way down on the train. And we're going to talk about Snake Pass later. But it's just this lovely, colourful, peaceful game about being a snake.
1: I like how your normal person plan is to have a Switch out and playing Snake Pass.
0: Yeah, because then, you know, I did the thing where, like, you book your name on on the website and then, like, you go to your seat and there's, like, you know, your name above the thing. And so I sit down in my seat, and I'm like, ah, here we go. And the two roughest fucking people I have ever seen sit next to me. And, like, anyone who's from Ireland will know what I'm kind of talking about here, but, like, there is a particular type of Irish person that is quite unpleasant to be around and quite nasty looking, you know? Mm -hmm. And these were two of the meanest versions of them I have ever seen. They had, like... They were dressed from 20 years ago. They had like hand tattoos and like little fucking teardrops and crosses on their face. And I was like, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And I was like, okay, look, can't judge them just by how they look. Maybe they're gonna maybe maybe they're gonna be huge Snake Pass fans. <laughs> they might be. They might be. But then they take out this giant, like, brown paper bag and just slam it on the desk. And they just start taking out cans and just like inhaling them. This is this is like 12 o'clock in the like in the afternoon, you know. This was not late.
2: And this is of, cans of coke you're talking about.
0: No, I'm you mean, you ta- mean
2: cans of beer,
0: cans of alcoholic beer, contraband at that time. Jesus Christ, I know. And then one of them turns to me and he goes, Is this your seat? and I was like, Yeah, and he was like. I'm not gonna do the accent because it's gonna be offensive. But he had a very strong accent, and he was like, "There's two girls meant to be sitting here." And I was like, "Oh no, this is this is my seat." And He goes, and then he just doesn't say anything and looks right back at his friend, and the two of them just get into this massive conversation of people they've beaten the shit out of. Did you move, John? After about five minutes, I was like, "Okay, I should move." Because I, I think these people are going to attack me. And I don't think they're going to be into my colourful snake adventure either. Um, and so I got up. I moved past them. And I go up and down that fucking train. And there isn't a single other seat. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Because now I'm going to have to go back. And I know they're going to make a deal out of it. Like I know they're going to be like, well, look who's back. So... I did what I encourage everyone to do, and I took the coward's way out and sat in the hall for the rest of the train journey, and just sat there and played Snake Pass and got a terrible cramp, but it was a normal person trip.
2: Did you get the cramp in your legs or in your bottom? Yeah, bottom. In your bottom.
0: Welcome to episode 47? 47 47. of the Let's Fight a Boss cast. I am sitting here with two of the most well-built robots in the Irish podcasting scene. To my right, made entirely of copper and with lasers for eyes, it's Brian. Hey everyone. And to my slight further right, we can have a different arrangement going on this time. Established from the broken souls of a thousand fallen robots who came before her, it's Neve. Hi everyone. And who are you? With you always, I'm your host,
1: John. Made from bean cans. Made
0: from bean can and broken dreams.
2: Yeah, and one wolf who won't give away the last like can opener. No,
0: totally, totally not. So um, I'm going to jump straight into it because we have a bunch to talk about. But it is one of the four times a year that I can talk about pro wrestling on this podcast because WrestleMania happened. Have you guys seen or heard anything
2: about this?
1: I watched the final fight.
2: I watched some clips on YouTube. Did you cry?
1: Yeah, that was kind of bad. I'll let you you take it away.
2: (laughs) So the
0: main event was Roman Reigns versus Undertaker. And this is kind of becoming... In a way, I think this is starting to become really fascinating. There's two sides to this. I'm going to talk about the Roman Reigns thing first. Roman Reigns is the wrestler who's like, they've been pushing him and they've been letting him win all the matches. And they're trying to build him up as this big, like, superhero in wrestling.
1: And you can see why. Like, he's really handsome. Really
0: fucking handsome. And he's really muscly. And really athletic. Like, he's a good wrestler. But he's kind of boring. He's just kind of boring. Yeah. And the last time they did that was John Cena. And that John Cena made them a lot of money so I could see why they're like, I don't fucking care. But what I think is kind of fascinating about Roman Reigns and the whole situation is the audience just outright reject him again and again. And it's like, I can't think of any other form of entertainment where you can see the audience so violently, like, shout against what's happening. Video you know? games. Not in real time, though. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you can go to it on the internet and you can see people tear up forms, but, like, it's crazy just seeing people boo him again and again and again. And so he was fighting The Undertaker, the much-beloved, like, phenom who's been, like, wrestling for, like, 27 years and all this kind of stuff. And Roman Reigns just beat him clean. Oh. And um, as it turned out, it was Undertaker's last ever match. And it was it was an alright match. I thought it was fine. Like, not, not the best, but it was grand. But I thought the the part that got me was, like, the bit afterwards where Undertaker, like, took off, like, the hat and the gloves. And that really, yeah, that got me.
2: That that was something.
0: Yeah. It's like, that guy's been doing it for so long. And, like, imagine, imagine being that guy coming into WWF. And, like, he worked in loads of, like, other wrestling promotions before that. Like, he had to, bl- like, sweat blood. And he had to shed blood, sweat and tears is what I was trying to say there to get to WWF and imagine like getting to WWF and you're like okay here's your gimmick you're like a spooky zombie grave man but he made it work he made it work he made it like the most like one of the most popular gimmicks of all time and like he's the most well respected wrestler he's the one who runs the secret wrestler courts did I ever talk about them?
2: Um, he, like, decides if, like, two wrestlers have a beef with each other, he's the one, like... So it's
0: not really if two wrestlers have a beef with one another. It's if a wrestler breaks the wrestler code. There's all these codes you have to follow in backstage wrestling. Like, this is real-life stuff. Yeah. Like, if you walk into a room, you have to shake every person's hand in that room. You have to do it every single time. And I know this because from when I trained at a wrestler, I, as a wrestler, I was told that that's what you had to do. And every time you came to training, you had to walk around this room and shake everyone's
2: hand.
1: That's so weird. What happens if you're a germaphobe you just don't like touching people? Well, then
3: well, should,
2: wrestling is not the fucking place <laughs> yeah. for you, buddy. Yeah, no. Like, that's, it, 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 it's a, it's... I
1: don't mind slamming bodies. I just don't want to touch your hand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... And so if you violate, like there was loads of these codes, like like hundreds and hundreds. And if you violate them, you end up at wrestler's Court where Undertaker is the judge. And do you remember John Bradshaw Layfield? He was like, he was part of the Acolytes. He was the white guy in the Acolytes. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's the prosecutor. And um, I don't know
1: why they don't record this. This seems like gold.
0: Because this is, this is serious. Business. Like okay. you can't. Like you can't talk about this stuff if you're not a wrestler and you can't, you can't use the lingo if you're not a wrestler as well. Like you can't say shit like Mark.
1: It's like, it's like the magician's code.
0: It's like the magician's code except people get their head kicked in.
1: I'm sure that happens
0: with me. (laughs) What do magicians do if like you break the
1: code? You get sawed in half, John.
2: (laughs) You get shunned by the entire community.
1: That yeah they won't fuck you I'd be yeah. fine with that I don't like, want to talk to
2: magicians like, like Vegas wants nothing to do with you and Vegas wants everything to do with you
0: mm-hmm. I guess so yeah man I'd love to that'd be an idea for a documentary working your way into the seedy underbelly of magicians I wouldn't do a wrestler because you'd probably die I,
2: I don't know I'd say if you were a magician you might get bitten by a snake or something
0: the, what about Jake the Snake Roberts it just
2: I don't want anything to do with snakes anymore.
0: Yeah, I remember Jake the Snake Roberts had this old uh, like. There was this part where he was training the Ultimate Warrior to not be scared, and he had they had this promo where the Ultimate Warrior had to cross a pit of snakes, and he had to get to this briefcase in the in the center of the pit, and then when he opened the briefcase, there was another snake in there, <laughs> and he was like, No.
2: It was pretty good. It
0: was it was pretty good, and um, I thought WrestleMania was fine. And um, I thought the way the Undertaker went out was good. Like I, I know people didn't want Roman Reigns to beat him, but I also thought like they had to do something with that potential. And you go out on your back in wrestling, and man, what a fucking guy! I'm probably gonna I'll probably do something with him at some point.
2: Like a video, you mean?
0: A little bit of a video, maybe.
2: Um, did you? And so did John Cena propose? to his girlfriend I don't care that's, he, and he 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 did it in the ring yeah but that's not new like that, that that's like a thing that happens every few years isn't it yeah where some like triple boy H. wrestler yeah tri- like, well, And
0: Stephanie wasn't conscious with Triple H Married Her
1: <laughs> that's the most romantic no I to totally
2: but you know how it's always like a boy wrestler proposes to the girl wrestler in the ring
0: actually our girl Paige yeah she proposed to her boyfriend in the ring
2: yeah, yeah. she's a hacker or at least she was meant to be a hacker.
0: Was she meant to be a hacker? She
2: was meant to be like girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh yeah. Because that was like a big deal back in early 2012. But, like yeah. Niv, yeah, did you was 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 that a big influence on your life?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: I started wearing boots after that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what did you wear before? Slippers. So uh, like Converse.
2: Converse. Yeah. I've never worn Converse in my life.
0: You're you're a Vans guy.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely a Vans guy. Slip ons, laces, but never cons. Yeah.
0: No, I I was I was the white college boy wearing cons, like that was pretty much my look for a couple of years there. I've got
2: my cons on, I got my beanie. Got um, my,
0: my like my plaid shirt open.
2: Yeah, hey guys, who's seen Akira? My name's John, pleased to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> that about right? You know, that's
0: I'm not I can't really argue with that. That's pretty accurate. Yeah.
2: Hey, is anybody going to um, Pirate Society this Friday?
0: I I wasn't that. Come on.
2: No. Don't ever go to Pirate Society.
0: Ever. So we all checked out a brand new podcast called S-Town.
2: A.K.A.
1: Shit Town. I tweeted this out on the Let's Fight a Boss um, Twitter because I really wanted our listeners to listen to this. I don't know why, because I hate it. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of just wanted like, people to have reference for what we're going to talk about at yeah. this stage.
0: So I guess we don't talk about podcasts that often. I no. Guess. So why are we talk about this one?
1: So this is from the makers of super popular podcast Serial. Yeah. Uh, this American Life People.
0: hmm
1: And this kind of blew up, like logged into Twitter, and everyone's talking about S-Town. So... Kind of, we all ended up listening to it. Yeah, but I yeah, think absolutely. it was something
0: pushed very hard. By yeah, the, like yeah. we all like. Do you guys listen to This American Life every week? Not every mm, week. Not every week. Yeah, or it's kind like of it's on my feed. It's kind or... of a B podcast for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some episodes, some episodes are fucking amazing.
1: I just don't really like the tone they strike. I think it's overproduced.
0: Yeah, I think
1: <laughs> I don't like sentiment.
0: <laughs> yeah, they get really sentimental. It's, and it's when a bit When something's times. too sentimental for me, that's when it's like, oh god. Mm-hmm. But um. So this is like... You you explain.
1: Okay, so the concept of S-Town is the guy who makes it, his name's Brian Reed, gets an email from a guy in Alabama called John B. Yeah. And John B. believes a murder has happened in S-Town, which is his name for the town he lives in. He calls it shit town. And he wants a reporter to come down and investigate what he thinks has happened is there's a prominent family who's gotten away with murder and that's how the podcast is sold it's kind of sold as this true crime investigative journalist kind of thing and because it's from the makers of Serial, who did the the stuff what was that who was the guy involved in the murder, murder? Anyway, don't remember his name. Yeah, but because they've done true crime before, you kind of presume it's going to be in that vein, and they really kind of uh, led they really you to believe. Sold it as, yeah. as
0: well. Like even in the first couple episodes, like mm-hmm. some of the language they used. Like there was one where it was like, by the end of all this, it's going to be a dead body.
1: Yeah. So well, it turns out I'm gonna like spoil the crap out of this, but to be honest, it's really boring. So I think design. I think
0: if you're listening. And what we've said intrigues you. You should listen to the rest of this because it's pretty yeah. misleading.
1: Yeah, it is pretty misleading. So the first two episodes kind of deals with Brian going down to John B. in Shittown and trying to figure out if this murder has taken place or not. By the end of episode two, you learn that no such murder happened. They found the guy they think is dead. They like they talked to the guy who they think did it.
0: No one's dead. No, no one's was no dead. Murder.
1: There was no murder down there. But how episode two ends is with a phone call to Brian who's back in New York and he's told that John B, the eccentric guy who brought him down there in the first place, has committed suicide and he's the dead body that they're alluding to. Mm-hmm. So from there, it's a seven episode series. From there, the next five episodes are basically a portrait of John B's life living in the town.
0: And what I would say, like, John B was a fascinating character. Oh, yeah. for sure. Like, he was... I did really enjoy that part of it to an extent like I liked I more liked hearing him talk about things Mm -hmm. because he he was one of these kind of savant geniuses
1: he was a clockmaker who installed his own kind of maze in his garden and like he was just kind of a genius who was in a town that never really recognized that yeah like he was artistic and just kind of brilliant so he's really interesting to listen to, and it's kind of got this real sad edge to it because you're listening to the words of someone who who's dead by the by the time you are listening to this as a podcast. But uh, where it all kind of starts to fall apart for me is it goes into aspects of John. John becomes the story, and John was never meant to be the story. John asked Brian to come down and investigate a murder. But then Brian turns it into a story of this guy's death. It didn't sit well with me personally.
0: Yeah, they revealed like a lot of stuff about his personal life that I get the feeling he didn't really want out there, like just about like his sexuality and all this kind of stuff. And from the conversations he had with the reporter beforehand, it's like I'm not sure he really he, he... And if and it yeah. felt like
2: yeah I don't think he would have given his blessing on this at all
0: yeah and like it kind of sucks because like to me what it feels like is that they wanted this so badly to be like a success that they just threw everything at it Mm -hmm. because even in like episodes of This American Life they're like oh man you know I just get chills listening to this and that's something podcasters do that no one else does they always talk up their podcasts like uh oh Gimlet Media's fictional show what was it called um Homecoming yeah like the amount they would talk that up and just be like, wow, we, we really knocked it out of the park. And like, I hate that stuff. You know, it's like, just if it's good, let it speak for itself.
1: Mm-hmm. So it kind of seemed like that these guys had really invested a lot of time in this story and they really wanted a story. But what the story did become was like did John B have gold was he this guy because he didn't trust banks yeah so there was like these townspeople talking about was he wealthy was he not it was kind of a whole pile of non-stories yeah
0: there was a bunch of stuff with his like will and yeah. like his relatives and his like friends fighting over like who um
1: who gets ownership who really... of land and, like it
0: just felt a little like I don't really want to know about this stuff
1: you feel like I felt like I was a voyeur like I felt like you know when you hear like it's I felt like it was eavesdropping on small town gossip that, in a way that made me really uncomfortable.
2: Or like if you're on a train and you hear an entire one side of a telephone conversation about someone's cancer. Yeah. It's just this really, really personal thing. And now you know all about it. And you didn't really want to know about it. But now you do. I've and heard so many of those conversations. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. that that weird like situation where you're like, this is private. But this was
0: like a little uncomfortable, I thought, because this wasn't the guy telling us. Like yeah. This
1: and like John B. really trusted Brian the reporter, and he he tells him, "I'm going to tell you this conversation off the record." And it was the conversation about his sexuality, and it kind of turns out that John B. was probably a gay or bisexual man living in a place where he couldn't come out safely, or just just generally because of where he was from. Just it was his South. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's yeah. Alabama. Yeah. It a
2: very, very, very repressed society.
1: And Brian decides it's okay for three reasons. And they're the three worst reasons I've ever heard. One, he's like, okay, he wanted this off the record. But I spoke to three other people on the record who have mentioned this. So I can talk about it. Two, I think it's really good to have a portrait of a person, you know. And to give this full portrait of Brian, I, like John, sorry, I need to tell this. And three was the most egregious one for me, was, as an atheist, John doesn't believe that this will affect him in the a- afterlife, <laughs> and thus it's okay.
2: Yeah, because he's dead now, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, and I was just like, well, like, like that's not, like like, him being an atheist doesn't matter. I don't think John's afraid, like, it's going to affect him getting into heaven. It's more like... What about the people who's left behind? What about his mother? What about they talk to a man he could have had a relationship from the small town who could be outed?
3: Mm.
1: Like they really really outed a man who did not want to be outed.
0: And it just felt a little desperate, I thought. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's kind of like episode 6 is when they do it and it's kind of like you won't guess what happens in episode 6 and then it's like episode 6 comes he was probably gay. <laughs> and you're like, oh, "Okay, great." <gasps>
2: Um, I liked episode seven with the uh, ear pier- or the, the piercing and tattoo yeah. parlor sound clips.
0: Oh yeah, some of that stuff.
2: That was that was, so so that was me at work listening to that and I could just hear Ugh uh, and I felt creep test. I didn't
0: like listening to Game of Thrones at work when it would get to like a naughty bit and it'd be like he thrust his cock deep into her and I'd just be like, Oh shit.
2: <laughs> I love those bits. I put that shit on full screen. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, I was just talking about the audiobook. Oh, yeah, God. Everyone, you wouldn't give a shit at all. There'd just be, like, people fucking on your screen, and you'd be like, whatever.
2: Yeah. Fair play. Fair use. It's research. So, yeah,
0: S-Town. More like shit town. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: yeah. And, like, I got enjoyment out of it. I just... I didn't, like... I didn't... like. I re- It really bothered me the way they kind of missold it, because even they take quotes out of context. Like, you know the mm. quote? You're figuring it all out, aren't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. they really took that but yeah like I think it's it's okay I think if people want a really good episodic podcast they should listen they should start at the first season of um oh fuck what's it called Uh Alex Bloomberg's Startup that's yeah. a really really good episodic podcast
1: and I think we've recommended it loads of times before but if you are into true crime sword and scale is probably oh, the best sword totally. in, in true, true crime one going
0: Every time we bring that up, I'm just like, fuck that.
3: Yeah.
2: It's one of those podcasts you can only listen to, like, maybe one or two a month. Do you listen to much of it, Brian? I'm too scared to listen to it.
0: I think it would really mess you up. And half the episodes are like, okay, look, guys, I know people get upset when we do episodes about children getting murdered, but... (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's
2: great. Little Billy's dead body. Brian, you
0: have been... what? you finished the OA.
2: Yeah, okay, so... Do you guys remember the O.A. and how like a month ago? Maybe no, it was like probably like two months ago. Two months now, say, yeah. where I was like, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna have like fucking like thirty minutes spoiler cast about fucking like whoa. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's talk about it for five minutes and then we move on. How's that sound?
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds better.
2: Um, I really, really, really like that director, and I can't I can't pronounce his name for the life of me. I can pronounce Britt Marling's name because I'm I'm a piece of shit white person. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> what that's
2: true um they're both super super duper talented but um i this this wasn't really for me there was there was some good you stuff in it you can
0: say it brian it's proper shite it's, it's not, not i i didn't
2: i didn't think it was proper shite. <laughs> I think
0: I
1: read our original conversation, Brian, like I hadn't finished it and you asked me, did it need a season two? And I was like, fuck no, no, this does not need a season two. (laughs) Then I watched the last episode and I was like, this needs a season two or this has been all for naught.
3: Okay,
2: so let's spoil it. All right, the show just suddenly ends with like a school shooting out of nowhere and there's no like clever telltale signs about it. It's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, America, like I think that's what they were going for.
1: Yeah, but I think, like, there is no telltale signs of a shooting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you see what?
1: Like, it's kind of building up to this thing where you feel like her and the five other people are going to go and save the people who are captured. Yeah. Yep. And then it ends in a school shooting. So it kind of, it comes out of left field. And how they kind of get through the shooting is why John was really angry it was true. the no, power no, of it dance. Wasn't, it wasn't
0: just that. It was just the yeah. whole thing. Like, every moment of that fucking thing. And, like, and I didn't watch it all. I watched, like, bits and pieces. But any time I'd walk into Michelle watching it, someone would say something. And I'd be like, this fucking
2: show! Um, the uh, dancing thing was weird because I don't know where that evolved from. It just seemed like all of a sudden they were dancing. And then in subsequent episodes, they were dancing more.
1: But that was the whole point. Every time they were, like, um, dying, they came back from the afterlife with a new dance move. Oh, okay. And that would be the way... You're shaking your head, John. Like, dance is older than all of us. Like, like ritualistic dance, shamanic dance. Like, it, it is,
2: to be fair. Like, it's...
1: if you're going to get into, I, like, I the soul with the and sentence shit.
2: sentence
0: you just said. I have no idea how that makes this show better.
2: It's a magical dance that brings you back to life. okay. But you need to learn all five parts. Like,
0: no, yeah. I'm not shaking my head at you. It's just the sh- fucking
2: show. But, like, the way the way it's done in the show is they do the magical dance to distract the school shooter. So it isn't even magic. It's just, like, a cool distraction. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, whoa. Is-. And then, like, some fucking, like, cafeteria bro, like, takes the gun off him.
1: But it's like, it wasn't about them, like, stopping him with the dance. I think it was about them, like, they were waiting for this moment that they thought was the right moment. And then they were like, shit, school shooting. This has to be the right moment. I guess we dance because this is the fear of us losing (laughs) our lives. The
2: dance was really good.
1: John, you just need to get high and watch it. Get on my level.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's just gonna, like, burn one off. Just have a good time.
1: Um... So, like, I think I was just, like, I went from the first part of the last episode being really angry because I felt kind of cheated. And then I kind of cried during the sh- the school shooter a bit because I felt really, like, like, it's a horrible thing to imagine, like, that happening. That's a horrible
0: thing.
3: Yeah.
1: And then by the end of it, it was like, I will watch season two, but that really needs to go somewhere. Because if it doesn't, I feel like I've been played a little by the end of season one. Yeah, me okay. too.
0: So, like, that's the kind of... Not saying this is definitely how it is, but that's how the whole show makes me feel. Mm. I feel it's one of these shows where they're they're happy to like cast out all these incredibly vague actions and statements, and they want people to be like, "Oh, where is this going like what 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 does that mean and it doesn't I don't think it really means anything. I think if you ask the director about it to give you some some super vague bullshit and like it just it didn't mean anything to me. It was just a bunch of like seemingly deep things that weren't
1: but couldn't you say that about like religion like this was like it's I don't a... like
0: religion either yeah
1: i know but it's a show that's kind of like trying to answer big questions when there is no answer so like everything it's just going to try out there is going to be vague and it's kind of more exploring these concepts through like i know tv and kind of like it's like you're exploring the idea of the afterlife and can you exist in there like this is an artist's impression of what they think an afterlife is it's never going to be fulfilling in the way that maybe you want but maybe it'll make you think about stuff i feel like
0: i could be saying the exact same words you're saying except to me they'd be negative (laughs) okay
2: (laughs) you know uh the big tall blonde jock guy in it
1: yeah the really angry dude he's irish
2: Really? Yeah, his name's like Paddy something. He's fucking Irish. He's Irish as fuck. That's way more. Yeah, Irish he looks really Irish. Yeah, he won an IFTA the other day. <laughs> I like
0: when you see like an a, like an actual Irish person on television, and you're like, look at his fucking Paddy face. <laughs> yeah, but like he had me fooled. Tell. Like, remember I, I, remember I, the every first time we heard Danny O'Dwyer on Giant Bomb, and we were like, oh, no,
2: check out this fucking harp. Who's
0: this fucking Mick on Giant Bomb? <laughs> Who's this
2: fucking famine dwelling <laughs> potato piece of shit? Oh, fuck off. Back to Cork. <laughs> Yeah. where's he from Waterford Jesus Christ Port Larga oh, and then we love he him now he's great yeah he's great yeah he's great. lovely guy because he, he talked about stuff but like yeah. what a loser yeah. fucking patty. Yeah, he's from Ireland what hope does he have yeah ugh
0: um, so yeah do you guys have any final thoughts on the OA and like oh mate you two are way more uh, open qualified mind. no <laughs> open minded no qualified to have an opinion on this show than me because I, I didn't watch much at all
2: Uh, I'll just watch more of it. It's just something to watch.
1: I'm interested to see where season two goes. Yeah.
0: Um, And Neve, we both saw Get Out.
1: We did.
2: I haven't seen it and I really want to see it. This is Jordan
1: Peele's movie that everyone's raving about.
0: Social horror is what he's calling it? Yeah. How'd you feel? Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Really, really, really liked it. Um, I think... It definitely... There was definitely a point I was like, okay, if this is what the movie is, I'm going to be a little unsatisfied, but then it kept going, and I was like, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I like this. How'd you find it?
1: I wish it was, like, another 20 minutes longer. Yeah? I felt like it was resolved super quickly. And, like, just given, like, you know, I think it's from the producers of Insidious and kind of stuff like that, or the writers, I can't remember, um... And there's a lot of kind of freaky-deaky shit in it.
0: Yeah, it gets very very (laughs) freaky-deaky. Freaky-deaky. Like, it goes goes to some places. Yeah,
1: like, I thought that would kind of... There's kind of... The way the plot goes, there's kind of two ways it can end up. More realistic way, or a more kind of pulpy way. Yeah. And it went a way that I wasn't expecting it to go. And I... I, When it was happening, I was just like, oh,
0: okay. When that first happened, I... um, it's kind of hard to talk about this, but like when it first happened, I was like, Oh, I feel like they're kind of selling out their own premise. Yeah. Yeah. But then after a while I was like, "Mm, you know, actually what I feel like they're kind of doing here is trading one form of racism for another kind of racism. And I actually really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Um, And I'm going to loot drop it later, but, uh, there is a podcast, I think it's the Best Friends cast, episode 188, where it's Woolly and another guy called Satchel. And um they're both black dudes, and I only mention that because it's relevant. but they, you know, they really know their shit in terms of media. And they just have this hour and a half long conversation about how the film hit them. And it was really interesting just hearing like their experience and like mm-hmm. little bits of the film that didn't really hit me as hard because I'm I'm white as fuck and I wouldn't know that, like, really stood out to them and was like, holy shit, like, I can't believe they did this or I can't believe they got this nuance. And there was definitely a nuance to that film I did Mm -hmm. not pick up on. Like, um, you know the bit where they're at the party and he walks up to the other black guy and he's like, oh, good to see you here, man. And, like, he held out his hand. Yeah. Like, that ruined them. They were just like, fuck, because, like, that's what you do if you're a black dude at a party full of white people. And I thought that was really, really interesting.
3: Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Um... Do you guys watch a lot of Key and Peele? I've never watched any. Their no, no. their sketch shows so fucking funny. Yeah, those guys are geniuses. So that's Jordan Peele and Kevin Keegan, Key, and he's in more stuff. Kevin is yeah, but they're both interracial guys, so they both have like a white parent and a black parent, um, and they they speak up a lot about that in a lot of their kind of interviews, uh, but they just love talking about race. Um,
0: I thought the some of the acting was fucking exceptional. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I loved I loved the girlfriend. I thought she yeah. was really good.
2: She's Marnie from Girls. Yeah, there
0: was one bit with her where like her voice was very emotional and her face was really still and it was so scary. But um I really really loved the housemaid and the groundskeeper.
1: They're really good as well. And even like the brother. He looks like this like <gasps> creepy irish version of heat ledger Yeah, it's like he was really good in it as well yeah Um, but um basically for me it went a more i guess sci-fi route than i was imagining wasn't prepared for it was a bit shocked but came out loving it anyway
0: yeah i i i really loved the film you know and i thought there was some great cinematography in it as well yeah it's gorgeous i thought the way they set up some of this like some of the subtler scares by just like letting the camera linger or the way it followed a character was like there was some great visual scares Mm -hmm. you know that's what I that's what I really liked like there was there was one jump scare that was kind of like kind of shitty but like it was only a very slight one but then like some the way the level of tension and like just the escape like it had such a good feeling of what the fuck is going on here because you think Mm -hmm. you have it figured out like 40 minutes in and then it just keeps going and then like oh it's yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of that movie. It was a good movie.
2: It's doing super well. Like it's making so much money. I think it
0: way made way more money than Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I'm curious to see Ghost in the Shell, but I haven't got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Apparently it's like it's an okay action movie.
2: I heard it's-, it's doing super well in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> like the Japanese are like, oh, it's fine.
1: Yeah, it's Scarlett Johansson being yeah. cool.
2: But like, we're like, no, no, it's you know, it's racist. Uh, <laughs> but apparently, I mean, the Japanese people are just like, eh, it's a movie. Yeah,
0: but in fairness, like, you know, the Japanese people. They're just not. They're never ones to fight the race fight.
2: Nah, they're just. They're, they're pretty compliant sometimes. They're just. They're not that bothered, I guess. It's in their culture. Yeah. But, um.
0: Yeah, I like to get out. I liked to get out a whole lot. I'd, re- I'd really recommend people see it. And, like, if you're one of those people who's, like, very scared of horror films, it's not that scary a film. It's just it's very creatively unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like, it it will get to you, but not in a way where it's like, oh shit, this is really terrifying.
1: Yeah, I think if you're not a horror fan, I think you can still get away with watching it and enjoying it.
0: I don't think it's going to keep you up at night. No. no. But it's a super good movie. Okay, let's say we move into our strategy talk. Okay, I'm going to start off with Snake Pass. So... Snake Pass is out on the Switch and it's 20 Euro.
2: It's also on the PS4, I think.
0: I think, I think you're right, yeah. And um, I kind of I was really held back from like getting it first because I like kind of could see it. it's kind of like a physics platformer. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend 20 euro on a game like this. 20 euro is such a weird price point for me. Because it's like, what is a 20 euro game? I know what a 10 euro game is, I know what a 30 euro game is, but 20 is like And so I decided to take the plunge with it anyway, and I'm really glad I did, because this game is fucking cool. You play this little snake cone noodle, and the whole thing is, you have to, like, get through these levels, and all you can do is, like, raise your head, squeeze, move forward, and, like, move left to right. And that's, those are all, oh, you can get a little bird to pick up your tail as well. And those are all your options. And it's really interesting because, like, you're facing all these obstacles that are way more simple than a regular platformer. Like, say with Mario, you have double jumps, triple jumps, and long jumps and all this kind of stuff. In this, you can crawl, and you can wrap around and stuff. But because of that, regular obstacles become so much more difficult to navigate. And you really have to be, like, creative with how you do it. And... The controls are so unusual and it's such an unconventional system that it really takes a lot of getting used to but in a way that's really satisfying and builds up really well and i had a moment like when during the first level where i could see like a coin was out on a bunch of like uh kind of bamboo things and i was like i don't know how i'd ever get that like that's impossible and then I played forward a couple of levels and I came back to replay the first level and I just looked at it and I was like, oh, and I just went out and got them because I had gotten so much better at, like, being a snake. <laughs> being a snake. <laughs> and um, the game just has this really lovely charm to it. Like, the the main character, Noodle the snake, he's so fucking cute. Like, he's just he's just this happy little snake.
1: He looks, know? like, so much like the Jungle Book snake. Like... He's like... Classic cartoon snake. He's like
0: <laughs> he's like the Jungle Book snake before shit went really wrong in his life.
1: He looks like a cereal box snake.
0: He is. Yeah, he does. Really but, does. Like Snakies. if he falls yeah. off the edge, he like screams. He goes ah, and you're like, oh no, Noodle. And a lot of it's trying to keep Noodle from getting hurt because like there's mm. spikes in it as well. And if his tail falls into spikes, he's like, oh. And it's like oh no, shit.
2: Has, has has the gang got a story? Is he trying to rescue someone?
0: It has as minimal a story as you can imagine. The precious gems are gone from the jungle land.
2: Oh, shit.
0: Yeah, I know. It's fucked up.
2: I hate when that happens.
0: And I think there's an evil bird somewhere.
1: How long is it? Have you finished it?
0: I've played about 10 hours, and I don't think I'm anywhere near finishing it. Um, And it's also, like, the way the levels are evolving and the different kind of obstacles keeps me really engaged. Because, like, because the controls are so weird, they can introduce something really simple, like just you know, a platform that rotates and you're like, fuck, how am I going to deal with this, you know? Mm. And I really love it. Like, the the gameplay is really fun and, like, the music and the atmosphere. It's a super chill game. It's quite difficult, but it's really chilled.
1: Does it use the Switch's kind of movement controls? Okay, thank God.
0: Yeah, no, that would be a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, I would really recommend it, especially, like, the Switch is kind of a desert wasteland of games. And... I'm super happy I own this. And, like, it was fucking awesome, like, despite my train adventure, taking it to Kilkenny and just, like, hanging out there and having it in my hotel room. That was really, really fun. So, totally recommend this game. Cool. Especially, Um, like, um... Sorry, what were you going to say?
1: I'm... glad you mentioned the 20 euro thing because you were talking this game up in our chat and then i saw the price of it and i was like 20
0: euro no i I totally think it's justified in that and like i I had to cross that barrier as well cool but um if you're someone who was who's been interested in ukulele but has maybe been put off by the kind of middling reviews that that's gotten i think you should really check this one out because it has a lot of that old rare charm but not like manufactured like it feels very genuine Mm. so really i'd I'd totally check that out neve I'm very curious to hear about how you're getting on with the uh, Mass Effect.
1: I took a break from Mass Effect because I heard the patch was coming out. So this huge Mass Effect patch came out. Patch 1.5, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> 1.5. And they added loads of stuff. So you know the way the faces were like weird Barbie faces where they just had like stickers for eyes? Mm. They added some depth to them now. Like that's all it is. It's just a little bit of darker shading at the upper part of the eye. And it looks so much better. It's just That's like... Good. Yeah, it looks like nighty, night and day difference. And uh, what i like... They've done loads of things. I have the whole list here. I don't know if... I'm...
2: That's a big list.
1: Yeah, it's a big list. Like, you can look it up. There's like literally a lot of shit they fixed. And significant improvements. Significant improvements. Like, like the, the reason you play a Mass Effect game is for those character interactions. So they've fixed some of the animation. They've toned down the horrible makeup on a lot of the, hor- the characters. Makeup? Oh my god, yeah, there was one character and she just had like this terrible purple eyeshadow. Again, looked like a crazy Barbie doll. And they've just like, they've pulled everything back. This... softens it's like my kind of woman. <laughs> and they've pulled all the creepo back and make them seem way more like real people. Another thing I noticed they did before is like on that Reddit thread, um, I was saying I made my character's mouth smaller specifically because it looks like they've scripted the animation for the mouth movements. They've made everyone's mouth slightly smaller. So I think that helps with the animation as well. Mm. So it's just little things like that, little quality of life stuff as well. Like with the inventory, uh, gives you more space, and it's just improved the game vastly. As far as the narrative going it goes, it's like still not.
0: Yeah, because that's great. my next, that's my next question. Like, if you do fix all that stuff and fair play on them for doing mm-hmm. it, is the game underneath worth it?
1: I won't even say fair play for them to doing it. Because it should
0: have been right. Yeah, because yeah.
1: the patch is so big. I think this patch has been in development for a month, if not longer. Like, this is huge. This is a lot of work.
2: The game should have been delayed with the patch included.
1: Yeah, but they wanted to get it out before their quarterly. It was mm-hmm. like the end of a fiscal year, so it had to come out at the end of March. So I'm pretty sure that's the only reason. And they all knew that they needed this patch. Um, So it's cool that they have provided the patch. But the story is still not the best. I'm invested because I do like the characters Um, this weird thing happens where Liam is always topless around me now Liam? yeah he's like um, he's the human character the black guy that's how boys act when they like you yeah
2: he's just showing you his nipples
1: yeah yeah yeah. see it's like there's this weird thing where you have a love heart And you choose that in your dialogue options, and that's, like, your flirty options. But then there's also this other one, which is two people standing there. And they never explained what that was, so I presume it's friendship. But every time I do it, it comes out really, really flirty. So my Sarah's accidentally flirting with a weird squid cat, which I do not want to happen. Do you think
0: maybe that's, like, an issue with you and Eve? Uh,
1: I think think the game is just defaulting. If you play female, you're probably going to get with lemur (laughs) Jal. Uh so they're kind of like pushing this stuff on me and I was like, I, I like, don't want to see them naked. I
0: felt like that was a thing a lot in Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Like uh, I played FemShep and like so often I just pick a dialogue option and she'd just say it like so sexy and I was like, No, 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 I don't I don't like Jacob.
1: Yeah, so it seems like the game is kind of like, No, you you definitely wanna do this and I'm like, No, I definitely do not. <laughs> so I'm trying to like in in terms of my love with like PB and Vetra and where that's going, uh Vetra is really cute and I think I might go there. She's the Turian. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh PB. Um she's like she's warming up to me. Like she's like I think the reason why she doesn't want to settle down for a relationship is because she has an ex-girlfriend who's heard her before. And like the fact that she told me that, I mean, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm still having fun playing
0: it. The You sound like you're enjoying it.
1: Yeah, like it's like it's pulpy, like it seems, you know. It's like a Fast and the Furious, but of video games. It's like mostly shitty, but also awesome.
0: Is that how you describe the previous ones?
1: I think they were better in terms of sci-fi. Like a better sci-fi story as well as being pulpy. Yeah,
0: because I feel like with the previous Mass Effect, I really enjoyed... I, I would read a book based in that universe. Yeah. And I'm sure there are some and I don't care. But it sounds like the new one is maybe not that.
1: No, no. I think yeah. this is more like like the popcorn-y version. the combat version? Stuff? The combat has been changed up a lot. They don't give you control over your squad mates, which a lot of people, I think, will miss. But it's the best the combat has ever been in Mass Effect. And, like, the shooting feels nice. Like, I like it. I mean, I,
0: I really liked the shooting in Mass Effect 3. Like, I played, mm. I played hours of that multiplayer.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, the multiplayer is fun as well. It's kind of... It's something that if you like it, you'll really like it. Like, it's fun to really get into. Yeah. But if you don't like it, it's just more of the same. But you can turn it... You can turn the game to story mode, where it's like you can just one-shot enemies, and it, you're mostly playing it for the dialogue stuff. Cool. But, um, yeah, I'm enjoying my journey with it still. Cool. Despite problems.
0: Um. So, I briefly... Before we get onto the big one, I just wanted to run through some things. I... Be every part of Nier. I, like, you know, New Game Plus did everything you can do in that game.
2: Did, did you do, like, the final, final, like, last I did take? the
0: silly things that same people shouldn't do. Okay. And, um...
2: So it's gone.
0: Yeah, I'm totally done with Nier. And I feel like the sentiment I've been seeing a lot online, especially now that um, Automata is out, is, like, you don't need to play Nier to play Automata. And you totally don't. Like, even, even like, the lore stuff is super, super far away and, like, super disconnected. But I really feel, like, Nier is a game worth playing on its own merits. Like, completely disregarding anything to do with Automata, even though the game is janky in places, even though the first five hours or so are kind of slow, I really feel strongly that that is a good game people should play. And it would... I think it's... A shame because people seem to be enjoying Automata so much that I think they would get a lot of the same pleasure from Nier because like the good moments of that game are fucking exceptional like so so good and if you are going to play it you at the very least have to new game plus it like you have to go through the new game plus like the best moments are in that um, have I, I can't remember if I have talked did I talk about
2: it I a I know oh, what sure. happens at the very very end of that game
0: did I talk about, like, how you kind of get, like, a weird fifth party member? No. No. So one of the... This isn't really, like, a big spoiler or anything. Mm. It's just kind of... What the, what the New Game Plus does is it shifts perspective. So you are, you have a party member, Kainé, haunted by a shade. And what the New Game Plus does is you can hear that shade talking. And so you realize you're not actually traveling around with four people. You're traveling around with five. But you can also hear the other shades talking so you can understand what they're all saying and as it turns out a lot of them are like begging for their lives as you're fighting them and like why are you doing this and it's such an interesting spin on like a boss fight and like there's this i really feel like i said this last week but maybe i didn't but like there's this one big boss and he's got like a lot of little minions and he's like you're like killing the minions to get to him and he's like no stop it stop hurting my friends and it's like oh my god this is horrific and it's really brilliant. Like there's loads of stuff like that in it. So yeah, if if you know if you've enjoyed if you're enjoying if you're enjoying NieR Automata, or like even if you're just curious about Near, it's totally worth playing. Like it really, really is. And so then I played about the first two hours of Nier Automata as well. I don't think I'm far enough into that game to really say much about it. I'm barely past the demo. But um, that game seems like it has some real interesting stuff going on. There's like there's a lot of really weird, clever stuff in it. Like one of the first things that happen is like you it's very much in like your menu screen and it is like your like your bio, like a PC, mm-hmm. like you're an Android in Nier. And so it's like that one of the first things they ask you to do is like, okay, we need you to can you see anything? And you're like, it's just black, and your character's like, no. We, okay you must need to adjust the brightness and so then you're like what the hell and so you just hold right and then next thing you, you start like seeing stuff but you're actually in the options of the game turning the screen brightness up that's cool it's really fucking cool and there's a bunch of stuff like that where it's like they're really into portraying you as a robot you know um there is some really weird stuff that i'm really excited to see where it goes like there's an in- there's a bit where you get out into this like ruined city and like it's been ruined for so long that like you know all nature has grown back up through it and the character just has a line where it's like man this city used to be beautiful it's a shame about all the trees and I thought that was such an interesting spin because you know you always see like man this used to be such a beautiful forest and now it's a mall yeah and it was like it was such an interesting sentiment the other way around that I'm really interested to see where this game goes conceptually because apparently that rabbit hole is fucking deep. Um, the combat's fine. I'm not really in love with it or anything. It's it's not as good as like Bayonetta. I wouldn't even really say it's as good as Metal Gear Rising, mm. but it does the job. It's better than Nier. It's way better than Nier's combat, and I'm sure it'll kind of open up a little bit. But um, definitely not enough to have a solid opinion on it, but very excited to see where it goes. Niamh, apparently there's been some goings-on in the world of Overwatch.
1: There certainly has. It's all lore all the time.
0: Okay. With all the respect in the world, do people really care about Overwatch lore?
1: Yeah, people into the Overwatch do, but like I think people mostly care about trying to figure out the lore because they give you these little breadcrumbs cr- that sometimes retcon the old breadcrumbs through like sprays and just dialogue lines like there's a lot of work to be done but basically there is no real lore (laughs) it's
0: yeah but they uh... seem to have started with the character designs and worked outwards. oh yeah
1: completely they totally worked backwards um so the new event came out on the 11th
0: bunch new costumes right
1: yeah it's called overwatch uprising and the whole thing is it's set seven years in the past before Overwatch has disbanded so there's loads of um, Overwatch just like uniform skins so Mercy gets a skin, Reinhardt gets a skin Trobjorn and Tracer, they all have their little official Overwatch skins they're really cute, Mercy has a bray and Tracer has a little cap it's adorable (laughs) Um, so it's a ba- yeah. We're all in it for the skins. Then Genji gets a Blackwatch skin, which is basically his Metal Gear Rising fucking skin. Watch.
0: Oh, that's the one where he has the titty yeah, yeah, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So they kind of retcon that as well because originally it was like, is Genji just a face? And I thought maybe he's kind of like Robocop and was a face, a heart, and a hand. But he seems to be like a face, a left tit, and an arm. Like <laughs> that is that is it.
2: You know, in fairness, that's all you need. I know, I like, know. Like you could that... ever go off one of them. The arm is there. <laughs> the face is there for kissing <laughs>
0: it's just all anyone could want maybe in like a couple of skins I'll give him a butt maybe
2: I think, that, I think that'd be basking too much I think so I, I think, think that's th- pushing the lore too far I think the tit is enough
1: Um, McCree gets a Blackwatch skin as well so this is younger McCree McCree was in Blackwatch yeah oh so God. Okay. I,
2: I, I actually think I saw this on Tumblr and he was wearing like weird springy shoes
1: yeah they kind of look like wheelies yeah <laughs> Which, wow <laughs> but like cool wheelies Widowmaker go Yeah, Widowmaker gets a skin, and this is, Widowmaker's skin annoys me the most. Not because it's a bad skin, but um, Widowmaker's purple. The skin she has is cold talon. We're kind of led to believe she turned purple because they, like, removed her feelings, and through that process...
0: I'm sorry, but Widowmaker's blue.
1: She's purple. She's blue. (laughs) Okay,
2: blue-purple. I'm googling Widowmaker. I want to make sure we're not...
1: Is she, bl- no, she's, like, that'd be Smurfy. This
2: could be, like, an optical illusion.
1: She's, uh,
0: I can't get both, I she's guess.
2: She's violet.
1: Yeah, like, she's purpley blue.
2: But see, like, it, it see, the problem is, it's because that's pink, or, or that's magenta. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. If, if I put my hand over her clothes. No, this,
0: none of this is playing for
2: podcasts. No, yeah. like, every, every, but then there's one here where she's definitely blue.
0: Well, that's the
1: lighting, that's nighttime.
2: Oh god, she's like, she's like, like a-, a mood ring. Yeah, she's <laughs> like a mood ring, or that Look, dress. She's, what,
0: she's whatever you want her to be.
2: Yeah, that's the great thing about it. So
1: her. we're led to believe that she's like blue or purple because they took her feelings. So the skin is called Talon, but she's just she's just her normal skin color. So when was she turned purple? I don't like when, like, why? That really annoys me. Just make her purple. Oh, Brian, stop it! He's that's showing nudie pictures of.
2: <laughs> I just googled Widowmaker. I didn't even Google, I didn't use any other words. Brian, the
0: safe search is off. You know what you were doing.
2: <laughs> is it? Safe search. Oh, it's definitely off.
0: Um. So she gets
1: a skin. Bastion gets a skin. Orisa gets a skin. They're all like 3,000 blizzard coins that's a lot. That's, that, that's the highest they can go
2: that's a lot of fun I money
1: yeah yeah it's like which is really frustrating because and is it
0: just for this event
1: yeah it's not up and it again. and it like goes until may 1st may 2nd like i was gonna jump
0: in for a few games but i don't know if you bother
1: god i've gotten about like 10 loot boxes and so far i've gotten like a like duplicate sprays from this event and one like the bastion skin
0: yeah, their loot box stuff really irritates me because, like, I feel like it's focused on whales.
1: Oh, completely! Like the people who have like all the skins now have like dropped loads of money. Yeah. Um, the PvP part of it, PVE part of it, is you're on a team with like Reinhardt, Trubion, Tracer, and Mercy, and you're going through waves of enemies, and it's kind of like a an Overwatch mission in London. How does it work? Like, well. Yeah, I mean, because you're like limited to those four characters. There's like. There's a lot of bullshit when you go in with people not like... You, someone has to pick a character before you go into the match. Yeah. So, like, say everyone has picked and, like, what's left is Trobjorn and no one wants to play Trobjorn. <laughs> so, like, the person just won't select it. No one wants to play Trobjorn. So then, like, okay, fine, I'll select off Mercy. You can be Mercy and I'll be tra- No, he doesn't want to be Mercy. So, okay, the Reinhardt is like, okay, finally. You know, people do that a lot.
0: That sucks.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you get a team where it's kind of like, okay, we'll see who wants to play who or who thinks they'll be better as what. But other people will just stall the game because they don't want to do it. Um, it's fun. I don't think their PvE thing is great. I don't think it's as good as Junkenstein's Revenge.
0: I wasn't even that into Junkenstein's Revenge. Yeah. I thought it just, it felt like a janky mod.
1: Kind of, I mean, this kind of feels like that too. It's fun because you get the story stuff out of it and there's new dialogue lines between everyone and there's a bit of like a cinematic beforehand. But yeah, like I don't think their horde mode stuff is good. Yeah. Like, particularly. I think
0: it could be. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think... You could potentially do interesting things with that character set, but I think I think it would take more investment than they're willing to put into it.
1: Yeah, it's only for like events, so they're only like tailoring the maps yeah. they have for it. But um yeah, that event is going on. If you're playing Overwatch, hop on, get some skins, and I'm enjoying it.
0: Cool. Good to hear. Brian, I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. Because Persona Five has come out.
2: The only game you'll ever... The only...
0: The last game you'll ever... The last
2: game on the Xbox. (laughs) Persona 5.
0: It's finally October 2014.
2: It's out in the PS3, everyone. Go get it. Yep. I've played 30 hours of Persona 5 in in a week. That's pretty good. That's pretty sad. Um, I was playing it so much the other day that I was like, I need to stop and appreciate this game. And I'm taking a break for it for a few days. Um, So far, I really like the characters... Uh, there's a few kind of like oh this is just a mishmash of this guy from Persona 4 yeah this one really like blatant yeah Kanji Yusuke ripoff in the form of a guy called Ryuji yeah
0: like he's better than Yosuke. he's not as good as Kanji
2: his backstory is getting real good I, I'm, I'm at rank 5 with him uh, in the social link which is now called Confidant and I really really feel for the dude
1: have you got all your party members at this stage no
0: Persona dulls out the party members incredibly slowly.
1: I like that. I think that's cool. I wish you could do that in that
2: aspect. uh, Like, like for me, I I, I think I'm about halfway through them, but I think one of them you don't even get until the end of October. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, that's way late in the
3: game. Yeah, like, I don't
0: think I ever got all the party members in Persona 4, and I put, like, 30 hours into that.
2: Yeah. Um, Persona 4 took me 80 hours to beat, but I did a lot of the side dungeons. So I think with this, I may be, like one-fifth through the game uh yeah i I just like okay so there's 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 probably no point going into like what this game's about i think everyone knows what persona is at this point
0: atlas will shut us down if you do
2: yeah um i think if you listen to this podcast you know what persona is because you know you probably you probably found your way via john
1: yeah, it's a weeb podcast
2: yeah it's like the most anime fucking game ever. It's fucking class. It's anime the video game. Yeah. And it's fucking
0: awesome because of that.
2: Yeah. Um, I think what, what what I really like about this game is just the art direction and music. Holy shit, the and art direction. Usually when you play an RPG and you see someone doing that fucking attack over and over again, it gets so monotonous and boring. But every time I'm getting like experience points, I'm seeing something new in the motion graphics that think sticks with me
0: some of the quality the little tiny quality of life adjustments to how the battle works makes such a fucking difference oh well, yeah like, a big so streamlined of, a big thing in Persona is like you use the elements that the enemy's weak against to knock them down you knock them all down you can do a rush attack and that always got a little tedious because, like, you have to go to your persona, pick the tack, and just do it. Now you can just hit or one and if you have magic that's strong against the opponent, it'll just use it. And, like, it's so fast. Yeah. Which is good for, like, grinding shit.
2: Um, I love the music when you hold oh, up an enemy. so good. Um, and I found a politician in the real world, and he's helping me with my speech skills so that I can negotiate better with enemy personas. Yeah. I, I, that's fucking brilliant
0: yeah there's a lot of cool stuff in there Um, I was actually like pretty pretty lukewarm on the game for the first like two and a half hours I was talking to you about it yeah and I felt like my I, th- I think Persona 4 is like an amazing game it's really really good but I never got that far in it because I was so f- I played all the way through Persona 3 and that's a crazy long game And I just didn't really have the interest to go back through the same system. Because I think Persona 4 is, like, a much better version of Persona 3. Like, the battles are very similar. The kind of, the, like, layout of the dungeon is very similar. And so, after about two and a half hours of Persona 5, I was a little worried that it was kind of the same again. Um, The story wasn't particularly great at the start. It kind of felt like an anime I'd stop watching, you know. But... After that, I felt like the game kept opening up and kept introducing new options. And one thing I'd have to say in particular, the dungeons... I don't know. Are the dungeons random later on?
2: No. Because... They're all, they're all themed.
0: Yeah. But um, the way the dungeons aren't random anymore, they used to be just totally random. Yeah, it just used to be floors. Yeah. Now they're not. Now they're like constructed parts and...
2: Oh, it feels like Zelda Dark Souls. Like, yeah. it, it's, like it's like they're dungeons.
0: Yeah. Like, um and... The amount of actions you can take in the dungeon, like how you can steal things from the dungeon, how you can sneak up on enemies, the conversations, all these different things can happen that make the dungeons actually so much more playable, like incredibly so compared to the previous games. And I think that's one thing I really feel about the game, it's like, it's such a drastic improvement on the systems from 4 that it, like it's really like the opposite of breath of the wild where breath of the wild like throws out a lot of what makes zelda good and then brings in its own stuff this keeps everything that's good about persona but like polishes it to such an insane degree and i even i even think like the writing is a lot more solid in a lot of cases as well
2: i've seen some very very funny visual gags yeah um the first female character Anne. uh this she does some really 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 funny stuff i like her i think she's fun um have you met yusuke yet not, not not Yosuke, Yusuke. I,
0: no, I think I'm, I just beat the first... Like, the first story arc is done.
2: Okay. Is uh, Yusuke
1: the fox boy?
2: Yeah, he's the painter. Yeah. He's really, really good. Um, He's like the kind of character I would never like ever in an anime. But he has that dimension to him, but then he's also really fucking stupid. Like, he's just completely oblivious to everything. That but sounds it, fun. It's very, very entertaining.
1: He's my fave. I like how he looks.
2: Yeah. Because cause he's so, like, bland, but then... Like, he's actually got a lot going on with him.
1: I like his, like, sexy Konimitsu mask that he wears. Yeah. He's he
2: seems like good. a good sexy boy. Yeah. Uh, so, at the weekend, when I was kind of getting closer with him, um, he'd, like, taken his, like, uh, phantom T form in the dungeon, and he has a fox mask. And the way the localization was done, they were like, "Well, Yusuke, you've got a cool kitsune mask and then he was like yes and then they were like how about a code name for you and then they were like how about Fox but why not Kitsune the Japanese for Fox they just said it
0: there is a few instances where I think the localization maybe could have been a bit better like one of the first lines anyone says is you just don't get it, do you which is like you can watch a YouTube compilation that's like 14 minutes long of all the times bad guys have said that in movies and no one has ever said that in real life yeah but um I think one other thing I fucking love about it is, like, Persona 3's dungeons were just, here's a scary building, go climb it. And that was the entire dungeon system. Persona 4's was a lot more interesting because you're going into people's heads and, like, sorting out their inner issues. But Persona 5's is, like, people are doing bad shit in the real world. Like, they're using their positions of power to do things they shouldn't do. And you're going into the dungeon to, like, make them face how fucking horrible they are in real life and you know you do and like there's like weird shadow versions of themselves who know what they're doing and like the like I can't say anything past the first dungeon because that's all I finished but like taking that guy down and making him own up to his shit was so satisfying yeah so
1: can we talk about the first dungeon and what they're doing yeah yeah may as well okay so the first dungeon is there's a gym teacher volleyball teacher Mm -hmm. who has been pretty much like is it like, like he's been abusing like his male students so, physically and his female students sexually?
0: Yeah. Um, he, uh, they he never yeah, he like quite writes. get specific with mm-hmm. the sexual stuff. Like, like they say it's sexually, but I don't know on what level. It, 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 yeah. it seems like,
2: like, like he, he was going to get more into that if, if he kept going the way like, he was. Like I think
0: he, he's putting pressure on female students to do stuff with him, mm-hmm. but then they kind of suggest maybe he did more, but then I don't know. It was kind of, I found that hard to follow, but, um,
1: yeah, like they're leaving it ambiguous, but the idea is that they are he's kind of sexually coercing these girls to do like whatever to the extent of it. Yeah. Um, but it's just like I just thought it was really interesting because the whole thing is like, that's how you meet Anne is you're you you're playing as Anne, but his version of Anne is like draped over him in a bikini and she's like oh gross this is how this person i like who in a position of authority sees me every day and she's really alarmed by it and it's really disgusting and gross and like she's a personal stake in it because her best friend was targeted by mm-hmm. him and stuff so it's like it, they're really dealing with interesting topics kind of like it's about how adults use their positions of power yeah to take advantage of kids who other adults won't believe.
0: Yeah, and I really like. I, I heard that there was like stuff about like sexual harassment in it, and I was kind of like, oh, oh dear, because you're like, oh shit, a Japanese RPG yeah. dealing with sexual harassments. But I found it like super compelling the way they were dealing with it, and like I found Anne's reactions, especially like there's one bit towards the end after the first major boss fight where Anne like nearly goes too far with stuff, and I was like, fuck, okay, this is this is cool. Are I think there? she should have done it. But um But then I also feel like I don't wanna to get too spoiled or anything, but I guess the I found the punishment that guy got super cool. Yeah. Because he
2: like he's gonna have to carry that weight. He's gonna have to carry
1: that weight. It's also interesting, like I think like when we're fi- like you guys are finished this game, I'm watching like my girlfriend play it, because mm-hmm. she's like, a huge fan. Um I think there's some interesting stuff to be said in it because like the first dungeon is about this kind of guy taking advantage of girls. But then the game itself sexualizes Anne to a crazy degree. Like, Anne's a cool character. But the way her, like, it's just a little thing. It's just the way she stands in battle. Super
0: doubled over. Yeah,
1: her ass is on the same horizontal line as her boobs and her face. Like, she is just broken. But the game is talking about, like, how dare you, you pervert, sexualize this girl. And then you're, like, (laughs) there is the player being, like, she is, like, broken as shit. That is a
0: weird... Double
2: tone, yeah.
1: It's, it's it's a weird like um. It'll be an interesting conversation to have when we're all fin- like finished it.
2: There was a weird dialogue action actually, actually. This wasn't any romantic, but the other people asked what I thought of Anne, and I was like, there was like, she's amazing, she's cooler, she's so beautiful.
0: The little cat really wants to fuck Anne. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he loves her. He's like, you're so gorgeous, Panther. And like I've heard him say that like twenty times. Um, I love Anne. I think she's great.
2: She is really really cool though but then uh, I've met one of the other girls and she's pretty interesting as well.
0: So this is a
1: waifu game, so who's going to be your waifu?
2: She's not there yet.
1: You know already?
2: Oh, I've seen her.
0: Okay. Brian likes one because she's not obvious, which is so lame. Which one? The one you told me about, you were like...
2: Are you sure? Are you are sh- like, I like
0: the hacker girl, but she's too obvious. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, embrace your filth, Brian.
2: I want Haru. Is that the rich girl? She's the rich girl. But you haven't met her yet. She'll take care of me. What wrote, about you, John? Are you waiting
0: wrote? to meet everyone? I, I really like Anne, mm. and I'm surprised about that.
2: Because she, she, cause she's such an obvious choice, but she's really cool.
0: She's really fucking cool. She's a babe. And sometimes she says mean things to the enemies, and I'm like, yeah.
1: This game also looks amazing. Giant Bomb have, like, this award at the end of the year called Best Style. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they ever really know how to define that. But this game is so stylish. It's really yeah,
0: stylish. Like, it's super stylish. And, like, I think a lot of the work... I, I fucking... You know the illustrations whenever you beat someone with an all-out attack? And, it, it, it you know, yep. it, it does it puts, it puts up, like, this super strong, like, 2D illustration of the character. Those are so cool. Like, it's... It's awesome. I'm pumped for this game. I really... Mm-hmm. I have had like honestly one of the reasons I haven't played more near Automata is just because I got so wrapped up in this game because I'm enjoying it so much and like the fucking music is so good.
2: Yeah, the music's amazing.
0: Yeah. It seems really cool. Cannot wait to play more. Great to have big games coming out and like delivering.
1: Yeah. It's awesome.
2: It's been a it's been
0: a really great year for games so far.
2: For sure. And we're in April, like wow. Yeah, totally
0: we're going to move on to our quick time events. This is the quick news section of our podcast and first up we have the Destiny 2 trailer dropped. So is this a new New Destiny trailer?
1: I think this is a guy, we, we were talking about this it pretty much dropped after we recorded our last podcast. It uh, did, uh, yeah. So like the first one was the teaser for the trailer and it was Nathan Fillion's character um, Clyde, is that his name? Uh, whatever,
3: drunk but,
2: robot. Yeah, drunk I think, robot. I think we talked about this, didn't
1: we? No, we didn't. It happened directly after. Huh. I know we we talked about this because like we were ranting about it. Um.
0: Oh, we talked about it in chat. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, I believe my, I believe my exact words were, Neve, what the fuck is with this destiny trailer?" Yes, that was your. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was it.
1: So like the trailer dropped, I felt so underwhelmed like we're gonna i'm gonna leave this in like a loot drop or like just we'll put it up on the twitter or just google destiny 2 trailer but like just as a fan they've decided to double down on a character actor and it's it's nathan fillion doing this clyde character who's you know nathan
0: fillion don't you brian he's re- from
2: firefly i like nathan fillion yeah
1: he's i mean we all like nathan fillion like great he's a funny guy but he's epic Bungie have used him so much. They used him in ODST where he played Nathan Fillion. I
0: got a really good Nathan Fillion pop oil.
1: They use him oh, in sweet. Halo Five where they where he's like serious Nathan Fillion, and now they're like doubling down on Destiny Two where it's like, I hope you like this character because that is what you were giving you. Like even in the game, in the trailer, they talk about the new bad guy, and Nathan Fillion's character is just like Gary what's his name i forget his name and it's just like even if your characters don't remember the name of the threat that has destroyed everything like that doesn't bode well for me that doesn't bode well for good sci-fi that like that's them being like we're going to focus our energy on nathan fillion and we kind of saw how well that went when they decide to double down on being like oh look it's oh god what's his name from game of thrones
0: Tyrion Lannister
1: yeah 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 it's like <laughs> oh, yeah
2: the boring robot bring yeah. him back bring Tyrion back
1: but like that did not go well for him they had to patch out his dialogue because it's shit
2: it's Troy Baker now wasn't it he, yeah he, yeah uh, he, he was the updated robot voice
1: but it's like that why was
2: such a shit show that whole thing
1: double down on a character actor again and it's like you really have to hope that everyone who plays your game loves Nathan Fillion I'm alright with him like yeah,
0: I, I, I totally have no problem with.
2: Religion. He's great. He's great in Modern Family this season. Yeah, he is. He plays the funny weatherman.
1: It's kind of like, and the trailer basically went, "Okay, guys, you're going to get your story, and you're going to get more loot. Loot. The idea is everything in the tower, all your shit has exploded. They literally say that. And I like the
0: boldness of that. I have to. Say. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, and there will be loot. Like they're like they're telling you what destiny is now. It's a loot shooter. Um,
0: it's interesting because I know a lot of people that will sell people on it mm-hmm. that's totally the part of me that made me just like okay this is definitely still not for me at all
2: the the, yeah. the, the uh, trailer that I d- yeah so for me I got a real Borderlands vibe off it it was real kind of it was real quippy as you, as you can tell
0: from the sharp exhale
2: yeah. We're all huge Borderlands fans
1: it's just like Weeden esque It's like everyone's least favourite Buffy character is now the main character of this. And like...
0: Is there a specific character you're... Oh! That guy.
1: Who, who's your least favourite? Xander. Your, Xander? Yeah. I, I think Xander's fine. I like oh no, later later season Xander is not fine. Yeah. Xander I mean, gets though, an eye yeah. patch.
2: That's about as interesting as he gets. Yeah.
0: Nathan Fillion rips out his eye. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Full circle.
0: Um,
1: I like so Willow. you just kind of like... You're kind of with Destiny 2... You kind of felt they had an opportunity to rebuild this narrative from the ground up. But they seem to be doubling down on some characters that everyone generally found forgettable. And I think that's a weird decision. I don't know. Like, I guess it's just more Destiny, which I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm not. I'm a little disappointed, I I guess. If you
0: look at how financially Destiny probably did, like it's going to be very different from how it did critically. Like mm-hmm. How it did critically like was kind of like, you, you know, it got there in the end. Like, the pretty, pretty... Taken okay. King was good. Yeah, yeah Taken yeah. King was pretty good. But like, financially, I'd say that game made them so much fucking money they could give two fucks about like, the criticisms of it. Yeah. So they're going to make another one of those games.
1: And that, yeah, that's it. Like, you're going to buy it, Eve. Yeah. I
0: hate
1: that. Like,
2: my... like, people shit all over the Marvel movies. But everyone goes to see them.
0: Yeah, so like that's kind of how I feel about Destiny. Like yeah. it is what it is. And, like it's not for me. But like I'm not going to do a fucking critical evaluation of why I don't like Avengers because no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. You no, know?
2: shut up, shut up, loser. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, actually, yeah, uh, I, 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 um, did you guys see that new Thor trailer? Yeah, I thought it was really good. That second Thor movie, pretty fucking alright. Li- no, you're wrong. I like the like Thor <laughs> films. Yeah, no, I think they're cool. No, the
0: second one is the bad one. The first one's the good one. This is interesting because you're both wrong. The second one is pretty good. The first one's terrible. I had a fight with my girlfriend over the first one.
1: <laughs> He's Like, everyone <laughs> in the world thinks you're wrong.
2: I, I prefer the first one. Yes. Yeah, or, or no, sorry, the second one. Boom! Oh, no, yeah. oh
1: my god! I think you've all just like you
2: But then you're just. I prefer Captain America one to Captain America two. Yeah. And everyone thinks Captain America two is the best because it's like it's like Metal Gear Solid, bro. Are you no you people like said to me it's like Metal Gear Solid. People yeah.
1: like the <laughs> second one because there's more shipping. Oh yeah, there is. The second one made which me is like Metal Gear. Find, <laughs> the second one find
0: <laughs> is the movie that made me go like, oh okay, I kind of get Loki now because you nobody know, like Loki is like super Bucky. popular. No, the second Thor movie.
1: Bucky.
2: No, in Loki. Thor.
1: Oh, Loki. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were saying Loki and you were saying Bucky, right? I wrong. said it kind of weird the first <laughs> yeah. time, but Loki the, the second okay. one
0: made me like understand Loki cuz he was like a fun character in that. Up until that point, like him and Thor 1, him and Avengers, I was like who is this like damp cloth fighting Captain America and he's like the most not threatening, not impressive, and I know people find him super sexy, but I Do not see it. But it's me, Tom Hiddleston. I guess so.
2: Are you ready for me? Yeah.
1: I don't
0: know. I sometimes
1: think Tumblr girls have this competition with each other where they're like, let's pick the ugliest dude going (laughs) to find attractive.
2: Let's (laughs) pick like like,
0: the palest boy. Yeah.
1: You like Tom Hiddleston? Well, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch
3: is
2: beautiful.
1: Oh my God. John, he looks like an alien.
2: A beautiful alien. He uh, does look like a vampire shark.
0: Yeah. All these things are true, but again, like... These are all positives.
2: I, I <laughs> still haven't seen Doctor Strange, but I have it proudly torrented on my Same computer. Here. <laughs> and I will be via the Pirate Bay, and I will be watching <laughs> it this weekend. Because my dad will be like, put on a movie that we'd all like to watch. And I'll be like, here's one of the Marvel movies. So like, yeah, the Destiny
0: 2 trailer came out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to tie it all back and,
0: in. And oh shit, there seems to be a mistake here. Jack and Daxter coming to PS4... And that can't be true because first of all that wouldn't happen and second of all we wouldn't fucking talk about we don't give a shit about Jackson Daxter. Shut up, John. Oh my god,
2: Neve. <laughs> Neve, could you could you tell us your Jack and Daxter story about when you were small in school?
1: Did I tell you that?
2: Yeah, but I think you need to tell in the podcast.
1: I don't, like it's not really a story. It's like I went to a weird little convent. They had their little website set up. The first piece of fan art I ever did was of Jack and Daxter, and it was up on the website forever. <laughs>
2: like a website run by nuns.
1: Yeah.
0: And you impacted those nuns' lives so badly in so many ways.
2: Do you, do you think one of them was like, "Wow, it's an elf boy," but he's kind of like, <laughs> but he's kind of like, kind of like furry.
1: I think he's, like, like really, like, um, intri- in- entry-level crush for, like, girls, <laughs> maybe. I don't know.
0: Like, the first
1: one? No, no, Jack 2, when he got dark and dangerous. When he went to prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah he he had got the goatee. He had the That's bit when of they get good. <laughs> That's when
0: boys get good after prison. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, the Jack series, Jack, Jack 2, Jack 3, and Jack X... That's the racing one? I have no
2: fucking idea.
0: <laughs> These games are good, John.
1: I think I have them already
2: in the Vita as a HD trilogy.
0: Niamh, um, I have a question. When Jax went to prison, yeah. what happened to Dexter?
1: Uh, he lived in the sewers, like, a little ratty
2: so Daxter isn't actually a weasel rat. He was he was a guy. No, he
1: was like the same type of person like Jack is, like an elf person, but I don't know, like precursor magic or some shit turned him into a weasel. And I think he gets an option to turn back, but he was actually kind of hideous, so he stayed in his weasel form.
0: <laughs> so wait, he was like, "Man, I'm actually I'm actually kind of gross as a human, so I'm going to stay." I'm just going to I'm going to the... I'm going to choose to be wacky rather than hideous. I'm going to be
2: cute.
1: From my vague memories, because I played these when they all were first out, okay, that is what happened.
0: So, if you had the choice between like being a really handsome animal or like a kind of average human,
2: which do you think you picked?
1: Handsome animal. Yeah.
2: Well, that's it's, no surprise. I, I'd be like the sexiest cat. Yeah. 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 Meow.
1: Like, because you'd be like ugly and have to go through life, which is hard. Yeah, but, but you could be beautiful in someone's pet.
2: Yeah, and, and you could win like the medal, the, the metal little ribbon at the pet you show. You could date other beautiful animals, I yeah. guess.
1: Everyone would just tell you how beautiful you are all the time and it wouldn't be weird.
0: People do tell animals that, even when they're not beautiful sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, all animals are beautiful.
2: No, they're not. <laughs> Some dogs are really, really ugly. Yeah, I've met loads of shit dogs. <laughs> just ugly dogs. Just an ugly dog that could have tried better.
0: Yeah. So Jack and Daxter are coming to PS4.
1: Yeah, PS4 classics.
0: And Good time. Um, Yay. So Apple's threatening to clamp down on YouTubers who reveal Persona five plot details. Yeah, this is fucking stupid. This is fucked up. And mm-hmm. what really pisses me off about this is that they're saying we want to keep the narrative pure for our audience. They do in their bollocks. This isn't this is old Japanese men in a boardroom going, mm-hmm. What's the internet? Like yeah. It's so dumb,
1: and you know it's that as well because like Atlas America, we're like, we're trying to get them to budge on it, but like it's Japan, like yeah. that was pretty much their statement.
0: Um, yeah, and then at the end, there's like capitalized. We would not recommend disobeying this. Like you have been warned.
1: So streamers and YouTubers, I'm, I'm, I'm calling them over. It. Can't play past the in-game time of the 7th of the 7th.
0: Yeah, and they can't reveal any plot details like boss characters or boss dungeons or anything like that. It's they can't really, show yeah. any major or any cutscenes.
2: Like like uh, <coughs> so for me I can't screenshot it. uh unless I have like a a capture device, but you can't do it using the internal stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's really crazy once you like put on the PS4 like once you go into the game it's like recording has stopped. Yeah. It's the only game it does it with.
2: Yeah, and so I'm getting trophies and usually it screenshots your trophies, but there's there's nothing there. Yeah, it's it's
0: really lame. And like I even saw the best friends were gonna do like an entire playthrough of it and they just stopped it. They were just like, Well, we don't wanna lose our jobs, so
3: mm.
1: it sucks as well because like the people who are gonna buy Persona are going to buy it and the people who might buy it will probably get there through a let's player or like a YouTuber.
0: <sighs> Yeah, for I really sure. want to see a proper study of like how a game being streamed affects its numbers because you know one argument is that it's going to get a lot more publicity and that's definitely the one I subscribe to. Then the mm-hmm. other one is like, well, if people can just watch the game being played all the way through, maybe they won't buy it, um, or maybe
2: they'll buy merchandise of it instead. Like my girlfriend Rebecca, who owns a uh, Big Boss and Android. From Phantom Pain, despite never playing, never the touched game. the controller. Never touched the controller. But like but she that's was never a, going to
1: buy it
0: anyway. Oh totally. Yeah. yeah. But like that's such an that's such a. I've never really thought of that. That is a really good argument for streaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And, but the streaming made her buy the Android.
0: Yeah. It sucks. Like there's not a whole lot to be said on it, but that really pissed me off. And like the whole spoiler defense thing. Mm-hmm. I'm so fucking.
2: The game's already been out for fucking six months. I think if we wanted spoilers, you yeah, could, you they could. like if you
0: want to see that game spoiled, you can do it very easily. Yeah, you go
2: to, just go on the Persona Four wiki or the, or the yeah the.
1: It's just a really bad reason for a really.
2: Bad I feel like they're kind
1: of
0: using this like social like spoilers have become a fucking social boogeyman is mm-hmm. what they are now. Like, I'll, I'll be talking about this more soon, but like spoilers, they they re- like look up studies about spoilers and how they affect your enjoyment. Like they're not that big a deal mm-hmm. and like seeing a big company like leverage that as a reason to like like outright like invalidate like the legally backed terms of fair use is so infuriating mm-hmm.
2: but yeah it's annoying
0: Nintendo doubles the production of Switch
2: yeah that, that's really impressive yeah that's I, cool. I didn't think they I didn't yeah wow because I hadn't really
0: heard any like solid details about how well that thing's been selling Like, I assume the amount of buzz that Zelda got, and, like, that seems like a really streamable game, I assume that's done well for them. But, um, yeah, that's cool.
1: They need some games.
0: They need some games real bad, and they need to push the games they have coming out harder, because I'm someone who loves Splatoon, and I have no idea why I should care about that second one. Mm -hmm.
2: So, what's happening? uh, While, while, okay, so... It'll it, 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 it'll be out by the time the podcast is out, but there but there'll be a Nintendo direct about ARMS <laughs> and Splatoon two and the release dates and info about why you should buy the game.
0: Did you guys listen to the giant bomb cast today?
1: Haven't got around to it yet.
0: I haven't finished it. Jeff says the best thing about arms. Really? Yeah. He says, I'm just not sure that ARMS has legs.
1: Way
3: <laughs>
2: whoa Um and then the port of Mario Kart eight is out in two weeks.
0: Oh really? Yeah, like, that will do well for them. Like, I'm not going to buy it, but mm-hmm. that will sell. I'm you know buying what? it. Like,
1: if if they're going to do ports, like, I want them to do some like, give me the give me some like like long form RPGs on it. Disgaea's coming. Yeah, it, it,
0: yeah, it is it, coming, it's
1: yeah. coming. Like, it get it like, faster yeah, for me. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> no no.
0: Yeah, I did
2: have this thing. Imagine pressing on a five on the fucking switch. Do you know,
0: one thing I was actually thinking, like, I was actually kind of bummed out about. It's like, fuck, I wish this was on the switch. Yeah, same. And mm-hmm. I think that's. Fair play to them for actually creating that need because I never thought that would be like... I didn't even consider buying Snake Pass on PS4 because mm-hmm. why the fuck would I? It's on the Switch and I can take... Like, it's portable.
2: I can't wait to see the Fire Emblem game on the Switch. Like, it's going to look good. Yeah, that that's going to be cool. That's, Let's hope for some quality waifus. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, Another kind of news thing about the Switch and just a word of warning to our listeners who may have had one. Um, Keeping it in the dock when the dock is powered on, has caused some of the switches to kind of slightly warp.
3: Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, they bend in the middle. Yeah,
1: because of the heat from mm-hmm. it being on. So, like, take it out if you're not charging it. But I also, like, like I looked at mine and it is a bit warped. Um, But I think that will happen naturally. Like, say if you're, like, have it resting on the table with the Joy-Cons put in. The yeah. Joy-Cons have a a lip on the top, so yeah. they're touching the surface but the middle part is
3: yeah
2: like my desk in my room has a bend in the middle just yeah years
1: so i think that's just like a natural bend that will happen by having like it's supported on each end and not in the middle was i was i
0: talking about how i had the left joy con shit happen no and a major test of strength in zelda it happened and it was maddening and it was it seemed weird because i couldn't really recreate it yeah and it went away after like five minutes but it was really oh man i was not happy at all
1: would you send it in or was it because i don't eat
0: if it kept happening i'd send it in it was only like one instance and i've played about you know 50 60 hours of that game Mm -hmm. but um i was yeah that was frustrating really really frustrating
2: so you you haven't beaten zelda yet no,
0: I'm I'm taking, I'm pretty, I just got to the Garudas in Zelda. Um, I'm taking my time with it. Okay. And like, I had to, I, I either, my choices were like rush to the end to play Persona or just let it ride. And I'm happy enough just to keep playing it because I have had some really good, fun play sessions of that recently. But um, I'm sure we'll come back around to it. Xbox Scorpio specs released.
1: Yeah. So I think it was Digital Foundry. But yeah, they- it was Digital Foundry. They got the first look at all the specs for the Scorpio. And, I mean, it is what they promised. It's a beast. Um, It's kind of... I guess out of the three of us, I'm the most, most likely to buy this.
0: I'd say right now my interest is close to zero. Yeah. Not that I think... I think there's a place for this machine, but... I just... I don't really care about horsepower.
1: So this is... Here's some details on it that is interesting. Um... Your Xbox 360 games and your Xbox One games will look better on it. And it'll be backwards compatible with all of those. Uh, it is a mid-cycle refresh, so there won't be exclusive Xbox Scorpio games. They all have to be able to be played on Xbox One, but everything will look better. There is no Connect port. Connect is dead.
3: <laughs>
1: um, they're saying it's for the premium consumer, so Digital Foundry are kind of saying it could be around the $500 mark. So I'd say we're looking like 5 to 600 euro for this thing mm-hmm. which is expensive considering that the PlayStation Pro is at 400. It's at 400, yeah. And know. it's only going to get cheaper like as deals like
0: Oh, I'd say the second the Scorpio hits they're going to price drop it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll get down to 300 350.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so like I have the specs here but to be honest ugh, I don't really see any point of reading them out. Like It's got more of everything.
0: Yeah, it's a more powerful console.
1: (laughs) The most interesting thing to me is that it does have a 4K Blu-ray player, which the PlayStation Pro does not have. So if you want a cheap 4K Blu-ray player...
0: Does the PlayStation 4 even have a Blu-ray? It does. It does a Blu-ray, yeah. It just can't
1: do 4K uh, Blu-rays. Yeah. Which was kind of a, a bit of a... Like, I don't know why they did that. That That's seems very silly. Hypocritical, yeah. Yeah, especially with the PlayStation 3, the big, like, selling point is that was the first, like, Blu-ray player. So it's like, why didn't they just, like, bump it up to the 4K one? I know for price reasons, but it's like... I wonder... That could be a selling the point of for people. Of
0: how much would it actually sell? Because, like, I didn't... Until this conversation, I had no idea that for 4K Blu-rays were even a thing.
1: I guess you wouldn't be the consumer for it. But like, if it's for a person who is looking into getting a four, like they have a four K TV and they want to play four K Blu-rays, because you're always going to get a better experience playing a four K Blu-ray than you are streaming four K.
0: I guess like the place where this becomes a viable option is when you do have a four K TV. Like, yeah, I don't because I don't really care right now. Like I will own one eventually, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But if you have a four K television, then I guess the value add comes a lot from that. But for me, it's like I just I have no idea why I would buy this.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of like, I guess if you have a 4K TV and you do collect Blu-rays and you're into watching 4K TV, then you would probably be more interested in the Scorpio over the Pro. But, like, what it really all comes down to is them getting games and they really haven't shown that. Like, I bought an Xbox One and apart from Halo, there's been nothing, like... No yeah, exclusives. There's
2: that there's, there's Pirates game coming out soon.
1: Oh, great. <laughs> it's like, they're really like, it's, I wish I bought a second PS4.
0: I mean, like, I, I feel like the thing that has, the only thing that ever sells consoles is games. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen a console sell on the strength of its hardware, ever, you know?
1: I guess if you were to go on just its specs, they are talking about, VR being a possibility with the Scorpio and like the better the specs the better the VR experience so if you're going for a Playsta- if you are interested in PlayStation VR and Scorpio has a, a competitor to that it might be a better option for you to go with the Scorpio but like that's like if they do have a headset and what that will be like price
0: wise as well and even then I feel like VR is in such a strange place right now like I want to see VR do well but I feel like the no one has been able to make a case for it yet.
1: I traded mine in, and you know, like, I kind of regret it.
0: Yeah, that was a silly thing to do, Neve. You're just so angry. Yeah,
1: there was nothing. To, there was nothing to play. But the more I think about it, you're gonna it, look
0: like, like a fool when Summer Lesson comes out.
1: <laughs> I, I'll pick it up again if there's something I really like with it. But like, there was nothing to play. But I enjoyed it, and it made like it's cool. Like it's really cool. <laughs> I just wish there was more. Um, so I'm still, I'm still hoping that VR will be a bigger
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I want the case made to me about VR because, like, I've never owned one. The, I've, the only time I tried it was like at a con, and
2: Persona Six in VR.
0: What in like 2021?
2: More like 2020.
0: 2021 20 20, is actually. Incredibly optimistic for the way they make games. To, it's, it? it's, it's going to be 2028. Yep. But yeah, so that's going to do it for our quick time events. So let's move straight on into emails.
2: Emails. This first email is from Tommy, and Tommy asks: Are there any cool people or internet celebs who your idea of has changed since initial reaction?
0: Man, oh god, a lot. Like I think one of the kind of cool things about like internet celebs is they are kind of virtual friends. Yes. And you do eventually like get to know them really weirdly intimately in a lot of ways. Um I think the first time I saw the Mega Sixty Four guys, I like turned them off straight away. I was like, I don't nope, nope, not into these guys, whatever the fuck they are. And like now I love them so much, like it's an event for me when a Mega sixty four podcast comes out because I'll, I'll like I'll set up my tablet like and I'll play like you know Persona or something and just just let them shoot the shit and it's delightful.
2: Yeah, it's definitely Mega sixty four for me because they were just making like like jackass Mario skits, but then when you see them talking about video production and all the interesting people they've met and just like even just funny stories I from love what they've done. Whenever
0: the... Rocco talks about like how they made a video and how he's like a little bit disappointed in it but he's happy they made it
2: yeah i love all of that stuff yeah. and just the fact that like they're always making something they're just super prolific
0: and they're like these really kind of goofy guys but they're also like incredibly like creative yeah like some of this so some of the more creative stuff they've done is amazing to me like their five minute dragon ball video like all the shitty practical special effects and that
2: yeah that's amazing it's awesome and they seem to kind of know a lot of the west coast YouTubers so it's real funny to hear them like talk about other YouTube channels yeah, yeah, because they were around before YouTube cuz they used to be on DVD and you used to have to get their DVDs through somethingawful.com. Oh, no no way but then they but then they made up mega64.com but then when YouTube became a thing they were like okay let's move here yeah it's crazy to think
0: they were like around before YouTube
2: and then they they're the same age as Rooster Teeth but just completely different kind of success paths but then they're they they're very content with their success and they're very kind of like very good at like making fun of other more successful channels
0: yeah how about you Niamh
1: um you guys got me onto Giant Bomb and when I first listened to Giant Bomb I was like Jeff is the worst I was like he's such an opinionated jerk and now I love Jeff like Jeff is The best opinionated jerk. I
0: love Jeff Gersman so fucking much. I
1: trust him completely. And even
0: like like you know Like even
1: when I don't agree with him, I trust him. Because I it's his honest opinion.
0: Yeah, like even yeah, I don't always agree with him, but I know he really means what he's saying. Yeah. You know? And even like we got a question a few weeks back about sponsors and stuff, everything about like how I handle sponsorships in that I kinda don't it all comes from him and hearing him talk about like I guess, like, he ne- he never puts it this way, but, like, journalistic integrity and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, he's fascinating to listen to about that stuff.
1: So John got all his moral fiber from Jeff Gersman. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Jeff's an interesting guy. Yeah, he is.
1: I don't think there's anyone, like, I've listened to and then have decided I don't like. I don't think I would invest myself in listening to something long term if I didn't kind of already know I would like them.
0: I've definitely seen content creators, like, change the direction of their content in a way that I don't like sometimes. Mm. Like, I used to listen to I used to listen to listen this one guy, and he's not that big a YouTuber. He has, like, 20,000 followers or something. I used to really... He used to just be this kind of awkward guy who'd tell anecdotes about playing video games. And all his videos recently have been, like, Listen to what the social justice warriors are up to now. And it's like, man, dude, like... Uh. You know, politically, we're not gonna be on the same page, but also your content is so like trite and you're just saying parroting the same thing that you know everyone else parrots, and it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. But um
1: you guys like like I've only gotten into I think YouTube and watching YouTubers in the past two years so I think you guys have a bigger history with it so I don't think I've ever found someone and then kind of have that and stick with them long enough to see that change yeah
2: they definitely change yeah yeah yeah, they do I've noticed it with a little
1: bit with comic book girl 19 because like just from watching it seems like she she went with a company the company it didn't really work out with her and she's kind of trying to reassess where her channel is going and you can kind of see her struggle with that so it's like i went from being like wow what a really confident amazing person to watch her and me being like oh shit she's like finding this really hard and really difficult and and that's kind of sad that
0: question about like what way is this channel going that is a fucking tough question Mm. like that is that's something i struggle with regularly like like what's this channel going to be in a year what's this channel going to be in two years because it's like fuck what, what will it be? You know like yeah. what am i gonna what
2: am i gonna keep making videos about because it's just open game because because tv was fucking 50 years so there was a way to kind of like measure its success but youtube like do you remember smosh?
0: Yeah. Oh Jesus, yeah.
2: Yeah, like they 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 were like I'm sure I'm sure they're still going but like that all just moved on.
0: I think um for me and like I guess this gets like a little more personal but like meeting a lot of the YouTubers who like I followed for years. That has been incredibly strange. Like really, really just like, that's it. So surreal. It's so surreal. Like, um, I still listen to the best friend cast every week and even just thinking like, Holy shit. I was, I was on that. Like, Mm. that's insane. Cause I'd been listening to it for like seven years, you know? And like, I don't understand. I did like going to their forums and seeing one guy be like, this is the worst episode you guys have ever done. And I'm not listening anymore. And I like to think that's down to me. (laughs) nice good job but um yeah it was really weird because like say like Wooly from The Best Friends he was someone who like like I'd listen to him and he was just an internet person you know and then like he'd say stuff and I'd be like no that's so fucking wrong Wooly's so blah 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 and then like I kind of got to like him more over the years and then when I met him and like he was just this incredibly genuine nice person that was really fucking weird you know
2: he got you with that hug he did He
0: yeah we had, we had such a good hug but yeah. Internet personalities.
1: It's strange because on the internet and on YouTube you're hearing someone consistently give opinions. Good opinions, bad opinions, but it's like it's them being critical consistently and no one's like that in real life. Like
3: No, it's
0: way too much effort. Yeah. yeah anyone who like meets me in real life will be very disappointed. Oh, you're lovely. Yeah, but that's not what they want. <laughs> they want to wolf they want hot
1: man. Takes. <laughs> spin
2: us a yarn of your youth. followed by a gentle review (laughs)
1: Um, I think on the subject of this I have got an email from Daniel what are your favourite videos from John and what was John's favourite to make
2: should we say ours first yeah Okay, I really really liked one of your more recent ones about your favourite things of 2016 because it has this clip in it called my cat is fucking crazy And I showed that to my dad, and he lost his shit. (laughs) And that, like, I didn't know about that video, but you led me to that video, and you led me to that, like, moment with my dad that I will never forget, because it was really fucking funny. That video is amazing. Everyone should watch that video. It's only, like, what, two seconds long? It's, like, seven seconds. And it's, like, a cat, it's like a black cat in a greenhouse running towards the camera, and he smashes (laughs) through the window, and... It was just in your videos, just just for, cause cause it, cause you liked it. That's
0: what I kind of like about those videos. There's some stuff I'm never going to do like a full 10, 15 minute video on, but you can just put them in there. Mm-hmm. I think I think
2: that's a really really good thing to do every few months. Yeah, every three months.
1: My favorite is the bleach one. Just for multiple reasons, I think like there's so much work gone into it from like just a reporting standpoint that makes it kind of a fascinating journey and the way you tell the narrative is respectful to me as a bleach fan (laughs) because like like i love bleach a lot and i was really hurt of like how it ended up and i felt you've struck a balance with it so that's like a really good video
0: it was weird with that one because like doing the research for it and like reading a bunch of bleach and watching bleach again i could feel myself like Become a fan of Bleach again in a weird Mm. way.
2: Ichigo's gonna do it.
0: Yeah, but like, I I got really like sad then about making the video because it's like, oh fuck, I'm gonna like lay the boots into this series. But then I was like, "Ah, it'll probably won't get that many views or anything, so it'll be fine.
1: But like from the comment section, even just from my opinion of it as a Bleach fan, is like, it was honest. Like you, like you explained what was good about it and what was bad about it. And I don't think any person who really liked Bleach or critical analysis could disagree with it. And it's just like, yeah, it was great and it went bad.
2: Oh, I could show
0: you some messages.
2: (sighs) You ruined Bleach. Like, you you, you were the You're the reason. People always
0: blame, like, I'll make a video, like, I've only made, like, two or three videos about how, like, a series is bad. Mm. And people message me going, like, look at how many views this has got it's your fault this thing's never coming back it's like dude i, I promise you Tite kubo has not seen my video
1: yeah it's like if you think youtubers have any like ability to change the funding or outcome of a series being made or not made you are so wrong maybe pewdiepie could like get some kind of traction but even then it's gonna like it's gonna happen or it's not gonna happen yeah.
3: um
1: other video i like is um why should watch hunter hunter because it made me watch hunter hunter and i love hunter hunter so it did its job
2: i also really like your berserk 2016 video just because i watched the first episode of berserk 2017 the other day and like that show is still grade a dog shit and i don't understand how people like can watch that and convert it into entertainment
1: or not get like like
0: motion sickness yeah people, people have emailed me being like listen dude just lay off berserk
2: 2017 okay <laughs> no No, it's a piece of shit, and it needs to be... (laughs) It needs to fucking be dragged through the mud.
0: Um, What was your favorite to make? Yeah. That's a really tough one, because, like... The videos, I think, turned out the best are usually the ones that, like, crush me and destroy my soul. Like, I think my favorite video I've made is probably the You Hack Show video, because that was, like... That was a very personal video to make. But that was, like, fucking difficult. Like, I like i i came to a point where that video was like written and recorded and i just tore it apart and i was like this isn't working at all it's not saying what i need to make and that is actually that's a pretty common thing with me in videos like it's it's rare that the production of any goes smoothly what i actually want to do is i want to make like a 10 minute making of video and put it on another channel just so people can see what it's like when i make a video because i always get to a point where i'm like this is a disaster this is going to be such, like, people are going to really turn on my channel now because I've made a bad video. And, like, I'll, I'll sometimes post a video thinking that, just thinking, like, this was a fucking train wreck. And, like, some of my most successful videos have been like that. Like, when I po- well, when I posted the Why Media Scare- Scared Us one, that was a really successful video. But I literally thought I was, like, shooting my channel in the head. I was like, this is, this is such a bad idea. I don't know why I thought this would be good. But... So, yeah, it's hard. Videos, making YouTube videos is really hard. And I do enjoy making the favorite things videos because Mm. they're a bit lighter, you know. And, like, it's always nice to, like, just put a bunch of, like, positive things out there that I like. But I'm trying to think, like, what was my favorite video to work on? In a lot of ways, the EU hack show is, like, the worst and the best because the high points felt so high and the low Mm -hmm. points felt so low. But like, God, that was a tough video. I'd say favorite to work on was maybe that, but then the, I felt like I learned a lot doing the bleach video as well. That's when I felt like, wait, I think I know I think i'm starting to get a grip on the kind of stuff i want to make so maybe that
2: Mm. you've got an angle you're gonna you're gonna work on it
0: yeah it's 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 a really really tough question do
2: you think you'll ever do a top five thing or like a countdown video yeah totally
0: just give me another year and i'll be all out of ideas and top five hottest anime
2: babes you could do like a thing where you go number
0: five misty from pokemon
2: aye 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 (laughs) Um, I think you should go on IMDb and just read the trivia and just put that in your scripts, like, because people don't know how to do. Oh, that. I'm already
0: halfway there.
3: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, you, you could do that. You could do like where it's just you, and you can have like really really cool posters behind you.
0: Oh, actually, you know what video I fucking love making the fight scene video. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot of fun to make. Because I just got to edit together a bunch of people kicking the shit out of each okay. other.
2: how about you? And it's you dressed as Rock Lee. And okay. you have your Rock Lee posters behind you. Yeah. And I'll film you out in the streets of Dublin and you're just picking fights with people dressed I, as Rock Lee. We can
0: make it look cool, yeah.
2: I, I can add in like some lens flares and maybe like a...
0: Yeah, that sounds for awesome. Or when you go
2: a bit fast. Totally, let's do it. Neve, do, do you want to be part of this?
1: No. <sighs> I never want to be you part Never of want that. to be part of Fine, it's cool. Like, she, she, good idea. She
2: barely on? wants to be in this podcast. Like it's always us begging her. To come on, come on. You have one more, please. Just talk about Mass Effect.
1: <laughs> Brian gave me loads of chocolate when I came in the door this time.
2: Yeah, I got her. Chocolate is so good.
0: We got a last one there.
2: Yeah. Before I read this out. Um, do you want? Do you want to know how to pronounce her name?
1: um this is from inez so will i read it no yep. it, with john's story okay okay
0: um i have it highlighted there now that we oh, so but it starts with now that we've got that out of the way oh shit yeah brian, brian likes to edit the i think i think you go a little I'll, heavy on the old on
1: the old editing yeah
0: our viewers have important things to say brian
1: yeah, so, hi Boss Cass. I'd love to hear you discuss addiction to video games. If it helps getting things started, what video games would you say you've been most addicted to? Hard mode, Neve can't say Destiny. Are Skinner boxes undesirable in video games?
2: That's a question.
1: Mm-hmm. So we'll answer the first part, like, first, and then we'll go on to the second part. Because sure. they're very different. So, addiction in video games, because of Destiny. It makes me think about this a lot, because, like, I got to this point where I actually found it kind of disgusting. In the sense that, you know, it wasn't a boardroom full of people being like, how do we design the best game? We're going to
0: make something so fun that people will never walk away.
1: This is like, this is people doing, like, like getting psychologists in. Talking Mm -hmm. about, like, what is addiction? How do we get that kind of, ooh, get your neurons firing. You're getting, like rewards like it's just it felt gross and then you have stuff like mobile gaming with whales where you're trying to entrap people to the extent that they pay a lot of money i think there is this line that game developers can cross where profit is the goal and keeping people addicted is the way to profit and it's not about making art anymore it's about making like, it's like clickers. It's not a, it's
0: not a communication. Anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what games are. Like, that's what any good art is. It's communication. And at a certain point, it stops being communication and starts being just, how can we keep you here?
1: Yeah. And I think there is an insidious thing. I don't think I've ran in personally in my life into something more insidious than Destiny was. But I think that was pointed out by the community a lot with the, the need for story. People wanted narrative in that. They saw the systems, and the systems are kind of cruel. And, okay, we'll stick with your systems if you give us the game part of the systems. (sighs) Like, I think people who have addictive personalities are going to get addicted to stuff anyway. Yeah. Like, Destiny, bad example. Good thing I was addicted to. Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. Like, that was awesome. I love that, but I was was definitely addicted
0: to
2: it. That's good brain exercise.
1: Yeah.
0: Was it, and like... How what? How were you addicted? to that Like, did you want to see what was going to happen in the story? Did you just like no, just characters? leveling
1: up? Same with Disgaea. Like Disgaea, you can keep leveling to nine, 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 nine. Like you can keep going up yeah. with that, and it's like it's about numbers going up, and it's about feeling really, really proficient in the game. Like I can like do this with my eyes closed. I'm so fucking good at it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I do you like know, that feeling. Yeah,
1: you know, you like that feeling, but then you're kind of also like, the narrative has stopped the learning the gameplay has stopped any discovery has really stopped at this point and now it's just going through systems because they're giving my me my dopamine bump you know and like i think there is i guess a good way and a bad way everything in me- moderation it's kind of hard to talk about because i think that one of the good things about games is their addictive quality but one of the things that can be leveraged against gamers is the same thing
0: like right now, I would describe myself as addicted to Persona Five, mm. but it's not out of any like insidious means. It's just because I'm super engaged with the like both the gameplay and the story and the characters. Like I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying that game from every angle. And so like all I can think about is playing it. And like when I'm out like going for a run or something, I put on Persona Five music because yep. I I need to be there. You but know.
1: I guess I wouldn't call that addicted. That's just kind of like you're in the zone with that game. Yeah. You know, yeah. like
0: but there is that like there's that ad- addictive feeling it creates, mm. but it feels good okay. addiction. Yeah. Then like the flip side of that for me is I'd have two games where like, I was just crazy. Addicted. One is just binding of Isaac. I am so glad there's no way for me to see how many errors I've put into like all the binding of Isaac because I bought the first game and I've played every expansion since then. And I know it's coming out on the switch and I know I'm saying that I'm not going to buy it, but I'm going to fucking buy it. I'm going to play the shit out of that.
2: Papa likes some crack.
0: Papa likes some crack. Um, but like and you know it's that falls into a weird thing where like I find the gameplay of Binding of Isaac super engaging like I love the risk reward I love trying to figure out what everything does and I love all that side of things but like I have played that game like beyond any sane point like I've gotten all the super secret endings I've done Mm -hmm. everything in it and but God, like just starting off a run feels so good. And when you go into the first item room and it's like a good item, it's like, oh my God, this feels so good.
2: Yeah.
1: So I guess the only time then that I would think it gets kind of evil on game companies' behalf is when it's free to play and then you have to pay to continue. Yeah. Which I've never been addicted to something like that.
0: I feel like... like when I look at what Destiny is doing, I do see that as kind of insidious. Because I feel like... It's like you were saying, the goal wasn't to create in a compelling game. The goal... Was let's study these, you know, psychological charts yeah. and see where the lines intersect that we can, you know, mm-hmm. keep people addicted. And I think that, I think that fucking sucks. Like, I think that's really shitty.
1: Yeah, I knew I was in trouble when I played 24 hours in a row.
2: Jesus, Neve.
1: Yeah, Rebecca came down and she's like, you need to go to bed. And I was like, one more hour. <laughs> I stayed up the whole night. It was terrible.
2: That's so bold. Yeah, you, I bro? know. Uh, mine, mine kind of falls somewhere in the middle where... The past few weeks I'm not kinda of super into my real life <laughs> and the video games that I'm playing in my free time in the evenings and weekends are bliss. They are the escape I need. I think I think what you're describing is actually like a really positive
0: thing.
1: Yeah, escapism is different than yeah. addiction, I but guess. But
2: I inhaled Breath of the Wild and I regret it. But I needed that shit so bad. <laughs> Yeah. because it was making me happy and i think i squandered it and so that's kind of that's like really interesting yeah that's that's kind of like a, a, a flip side of addiction and so now it's happening with persona 5 and i have to tell myself like no 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 savor these the, these moments
0: i think i think person breath of the wild is pretty long as well like i
2: spent i i played 80 hours of breath of the wild in two weeks that's yeah. not, that, that 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 means I'm not happy. Brian, let
0: me tell you about a little game called Binding of Isaac. <laughs> like, that is the, that is just, it will never run out on you. There will always be more Isaac to bind. Yeah.
2: But, like, I think something like Persona 5 is great just because it's just, like, things you want to do, but everything in terms of pipeline and menu just works. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and like- It's so satisfying to go out and accomplish something and it works. Yeah, and like I was,
0: I was really burnt out after that last video, and that game was like the perfect just. Come live in Japan for a little while.
2: Yeah, and you and you're 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 uh, taking all these boxes, and everything is working accordingly.
3: Yeah,
1: but I guess it's like with you and Zelda. When you finished it, you didn't go and replay it again.
2: No, and so, I don't want to. Yeah. So that's
1: kind of like you burnt through it to get a fix, but it wasn't the same as an addiction where you just keep playing it consistently. Yeah. But like, I think with games, like there's like a lot of weird pitfalls you can fall into when it comes to, because I think gamers are obsessive and we play things because, I mean, it's great. It makes us feel good when we feel bad. So, like, there is ways you can make that unhealthy depending if the game is is kind of an evil game like Destiny or if it's a nice game like Zelda. I think, like, if you're
0: going through some shit and you, like, get lost in a game world, I think that's that's cool. Yeah. I think because you need some respite. It it just
2: has to be the right game and it has to be a game that treats you right back. Mm -hmm. But,
0: like, I can think of another time, like, with my Binding of Isaac, I wasn't escaping from anything. I was just... Just, just hook it up to my veins, yeah. you know, and then like same. I got incredibly addicted to a Yu Gi Oh Game Boy Advance. Game. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, could you could you tell? Yeah. To, oh god, it was like just, uh like my my real life relationship was suffering because I needed to beat that fucker with the Exodia deck, and it was it was not good.
2: Could you tell us the one about which one was that when she was hugging you? Oh,
0: my girlfriend was like, hey, she came over and she gave me a hug. And I needed it so bad that I just continued playing behind her back. Oh my God. Like, still, still holding onto the Game Boy Bands. <laughs>
2: yep. Jesus Christ. You've been
0: the- there. <laughs> I, I, I like a friend gave me a loan of that game, mm-hmm. and I had to like give it back to him, sweating, just being like, "Fucking take it," because it was it was a bad scene.
1: I think when you are addicted to a game, I think like when you're addicted to anything. You kind of know in the back of your head that maybe this isn't good for you. Yeah. But I think it takes a while to get there.
0: I think when it's like, when you start getting that feeling of I could be playing other games, mm. that's when you're in trouble because like if I'm right now I'm playing Persona, I'm not like I could be playing other games because mm-hmm. I'm just like oh I'm having a fucking blast here, you know. But yeah, with Binding of Isaac, I was like I, I play this every day and I play it for at least an hour a day. I should I should try and play something else.
2: You could learn Chinese. I
0: could learn ch- No, I'm never going to. I'm never going to learn anything. <laughs> like, I, I'm just, I'm the
2: way I am now. <laughs> I'm just like a piece of shit that's just like moving this little fucking pixel boy along. Yeah.
1: I hate that um, argument. Someone said that to me in work. It's like, you could earn, learn French in that time. And I was just like, I don't fucking want to learn French. Who said that? They
2: sound fucking lame.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Probably a French person. French. <laughs> Come on. I wonder if French people listen to the podcast. They do. You can check the analytics. Oh, yeah? Yeah. If you were Animes French, love them. Yeah. If you're French and you listen to this podcast, hello, or as we say, en français, bonjour.
1: One shot, one kill.
2: <laughs> what? Léon, the professional.
1: No, that's Widowmaker. That's Widowmaker. The
0: more iconic.
2: The more iconic French that was, that was really assassin.
0: Impressive. I yeah. was like, holy shit, it's like she's here.
2: I thought it was Léon, you know. What,
0: how long have we have been recording for?
2: Uh, One hour and 57 minutes. Okay. Do we have time for the?
1: Okay, second part of this question from Inez um, is, now that we've got this out of the way, I'm... Oh, she first asked if we've played any of the Siberia series.
2: I have no idea what
0: that is. I've
1: never heard of that in my life.
0: I'd sure be curious to find out about it.
1: Another one's coming out in April, <laughs> like after seven years since it was announced. I think it's like a horror series. Okay, I'm going to look that up because that sounds like I might like it. Okay, and then, now that we've got that out of the way, I'm going to Dublin with my boyfriend over Easter weekend, and I was wondering if you have any favorite places to visit, shops, restaurants, or anything really that you'd recommend. I can buy you all a pint if you show us a cool pub. Really like the podcast, you've um, uh, reignited my interest in video games, I haven't followed the video game world very closely lately, but I always find your discussions insightful and interesting, and very funny, thank you. Maybe in the few years you'll get me into anime, much to my boyfriend's delight. Hugs from Portugal, Inez.
2: Inez, if you want to get into anime, maybe maybe try out Persona 5. Just saying.
1: Yeah, that's like a good mix of game plus animu.
2: Okay. There is one new place in Dublin that I went to this week, and I'm going to recommend it to her because mm-hmm. it's great. On O'Connell Street, near the Spire, there is a chocolate shop. Uh, and you know you know it's a chocolate shop because it's brown like chocolate and it has a cow on it. And, like chocolate? Yeah. And you go in there and they do Japanese crepes. Shit, really? Yeah, and wow. they're like proper Harajuku Japanese crepes done by a Japanese dude, and they're amazing. And they've got like cream in them, and it comes with a little spoon and a Pocky stick. The works.
0: And um, I'm going to recommend the Rolling Donut, which is also at the kind of top of O'Connell Street.
2: The mm-hmm. bridge end of yeah, it.
0: There's a lot of gourmet donut places in Dublin right now, but the Rolling Donut does a maple bacon donut which is, like, maple syrup glazed with little bacon bits and cream, and it's a delight.
1: If you're looking for a pub, although Easter weekend, I don't know.
0: Easter weekend, you might have a little trouble not finding a place that's super crowded.
1: Um, The Longstone is really good. It's... I'll have to look it up because I can't remember where it is. It's near Hawking Street. Um, Yeah. It has a fireplace that's, like, a goblin face, and loads of people play D&D there, and it's, like... Just a nice, chill pub. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If, yeah. And if you want a burrito, I recommend Bujum. Although, Pablo Picante on the Keys now has a new venue. Little Us. You like Little Us? Little
0: Us is unquestionably the best burrito no,
2: place. Def- no, no. D- definitely Bujum. Bujum, yeah. Yeah, Bujum. Definitely not. I, so, Bujum
0: are a 7 out of 10 burrito.
2: Absolutely not. Absolutely. So, Don't listen to them. So, so Brian and Neve, the people who actually run this podcast... <laughs> Uh, recommend Boojum. There's one on Abbey Street and there's also one in the Italian Quarter. They're both on the north side by O'Connell Street. That's kind of about it for O'Connell Street. Like mm-hmm. I didn't mention Grafton Street, but like it's just full of bollocks. Uh,
0: if you want a nice bar with no natural sunlight, which is the way I like it, um, the liquor rooms on the Keys is a really fantastic place. I've been there a bunch of times. I always have a great time.
1: And if the weather's nice, there's loads of lovely parks. The memorial gardens out in Kilmainham have a lovely rose garden, which is really pretty. And it's like you're in a, I don't know, Elizabethan novel. Oh, yeah. for sure. It's really nice. And and,
2: and, and, and then in the city centre, I think even Trinity College like mm-hmm. it, like, has its own grounds. And they're really, really lovely to walk around. And there's a lot of private gardens there too. Uh, the Lighthouse Cinema, also a really, really cool place. Yes. Yes, totally.
1: Have a good weekend.
2: Enjoy.
0: Are we going to take the hentai question?
2: What is it? Where's my hentai?
0: Maybe we should just be vague. I think we should just say.
2: So, we're going to address this,
0: but we actually get quite a few questions about hentai, and this is actually something I get a lot of questions about myself, and we figure it's probably... We get people asking, like, to recommend hentai or to do stuff like that. I don't know why. I don't know if this is a common thing with anime podcasts or what, but... I cannot help you with hentai recommendations because I genuinely don't watch any. Um, I'm not just saying that either. I'd be pretty happily talk about it. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's animation and art and that's cool. But yeah, I don't watch any. I've never really watched any. But Neve, on the other hand...
1: I'm always shocked at John's videos when I see people looking for hentai recommendations because it's like... I'm shocked that people watch it willingly because it's mostly garbage. Hentai. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, like anything I've like any time I've seen a clip, it usually looks kind of shitty.
1: So back in the early days of anime coming into Ireland, you, there was like you could get like I'd say ten DVDs in every shop that had them available. Toski,
0: Ghost in the Shell, Akira, Ninja Scroll, Ninja Scroll uh,
1: oh Yeah. yeah Manga Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Violence Jack. It's like shit like that. Um, but you could also get like the Oratsuzio's Return of the Overfiend movies. So like as a stupid 14 year old I bought that and brought it to school and had it confiscated (laughs) (laughs) because like I mean like the teacher like was there a German teacher and she was just like you're watching she was like is this porn and I was like no it's anime like like, but it's
2: got like tentacle rape in it
1: yeah it's like it's awful like they throw a baby in front of a train it's like
3: what (laughs) okay
2: I gotta watch this movie no that's hentai like it's
1: so (laughs) weird like it's the worst so I've accidentally watched those movies just because I was really into anime anime and that was what was available i also watched
0: black bible because Do some people call that bible black
1: maybe no, it's, it's bible no black. it's
2: black butler if you're thinking of
0: no black butler is a yeah. different thing
2: no it's it, it's all black and it's all butler and bible
1: what well, this is the hentai one where it's like these like
2: <laughs> i'm just winding you guys up
1: girls who seem to be in an all-girls school who are kind of also witches. It's, like, super rapey and super awful. And, again, I watched it because it was tagged Yuri. I was watching, like, you know, Maria Sama, Strawberry Panic, like, My Hime. Like, I was looking for any... black, yeah. Yeah, I
3: was just like, (laughs) I guess
1: this is in the same vein. And then, like, my life was ruined again with that kind of stuff. But, Um, like, I I don't watch it or want to watch it. It's always been accidents. (laughs)
0: Like, like, um one like I'd have a similar story with Wicked City where like I bought that as an innocent teenager being like an FBI agent needs to help out and I was like whoa cool and then like 10 minutes in like a fucking spider vagina shows up and I'm like what
3: the fuck has happened
0: but um I, I have I do actually have a fondness for that film I think that film's really cool in a really stupid way but um yeah like I watched like I watched trashy, shitty anime. I really
2: liked Galco.
0: That was a fun show. For Galco's me.
2: Fu- Galco's not trash. Galco is fucking gourmet. Yeah,
0: Galco, gourmet trash. Gourmet t- Galco is totally gourmet trash. I'm like, it's I not like, trash. It's the best. And then like I, I read, I read like a bunch of trashy mangas as well. Just none of them really qualify as hentai because like no one gets, no one gets done. You know, no one goes down on anyone. It's all pretty above board.
1: I don't think any of the hentai I've accidentally seen anyone has a good time.
0: Yeah, I've never seen, like, sexy hentai. Yeah, like... it's like
2: No, it's always a girl screaming in, uh, like, pain or panic.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, that's the kind of part of it I'm really not into. Like, not to say that my internet history isn't full of garbage. It is just not this kind of garbage.
1: Yeah, so, like, if, like... I mean, there's better things to watch. <laughs> yep.
0: Unless, hey, look... If there is genuinely fucking amazing hentai out there, like yeah. really well told, well animated, beautifully like choreographed hentai, I'll give it a look. I'll take those recommend. I really feel like we're going to regret. The closest school. thing I
2: can think of is Prison School, which. Hovers... Brian, tell, tell us about Prison School. Prison School is one of the best mangas.
0: Sorry, let me stop you there. One of the best pieces of art.
2: Yeah, like it's better than The Wire. It's better than the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Oh my
1: God. I was so mad at them because they were going on about prison school and they showed me a clip and it was like literally this girl falling out of a tree into pee. And I was like, I hate both of you so much. Like, <laughs> why
0: do I have
2: it? Why you gotta be so tight? Yeah, because you're so mean. So dismissive yeah. of our likes. <laughs> Keep an open mind. I do. Like, come on, Niamh. Prison school is not hentai. It is almost hentai. So.
0: It is like. Borderline. Like. The closest atom you could get to the edge of hentai without being hentai.
2: But then I love the four, the the sorry the f five main guys and their antics. Um. So maybe if you're curious, you want to dip your toes in. Try Prison School. There's an anime. There's twelve episodes, and it's then a thirteen. Really well directed OVA, and it's fucking brilliant. And the
0: manga is like that artist is incredible.
2: Yeah, um, he's just finished this awful, awful major arc. That went on for like two years and now he started a new one and it's fucking brilliant. I'm I'm so glad Prison School is back in top form again. Okay,
1: yep. so we've answered that question and now you can never ask us about hentai again.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm sure that'll stop people.
2: But... <laughs> maybe maybe they'll ask us about like real porn.
0: Oh my god, no.
1: Oh, I mean,
2: fuck it. No. No, I know. I I think before before we start recording, I think at some point we are gonna have to talk about our internet. Uh, relationships you know our internet girlfriends our internet boyfriends
0: I'm gonna withhold from that conversation because I know someone will message them
2: being like did you
0: know <laughs>
2: and I'm not going through that I think I think you should do that no I, I think you should just Brian I think you're like the
1: boldest is... person ever
2: yeah it's fine. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure my employer is listening to this. <laughs> you don't care? Hello, Dad.
0: <laughs> Does your mom still listen to this podcast again? Yeah. Hey,
2: Mom. <laughs> it's me, Brian. <laughs> Happy Easter. I've been thinking about you. Oh, she's great.
1: She's going to be like, I don't want that Brian to ever mention me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. But she's okay with me
2: doing it
1: yeah john's a nice boy yeah at your birthday
2: (laughs) on facebook she put up a brilliant picture of you as a baby
1: that was so mean my mom put up this picture of like uh, me and her when i was a baby where my mom looks amazing and i look like trash (laughs) (laughs) like
0: a little goblin i love the
2: resemblance i couldn't believe it (laughs) uncanny okay so
0: let's move on into our loot
2: drop oh yeah loot drop
0: so I'm going to loot drop, and this is the conversation I mentioned earlier with Satchel and Woolley. Super, super worth checking out. Really, really interesting conversation. And like, definitely if you've seen Get Out, and if you are like, not, not black like myself, this is like a really good insight into like, how those two saw that film and like, how it affected them. Uh,
1: my loot drop is Leonard French. He's a YouTuber who likes to talk about the law. He's wow. a lawyer oh. who specifically talks about cases that are happening in he, he nerd culture. He talked a lot
0: about the Jim Sterling case. Yeah, he
1: talked about Jim Sterling. He's talking about the Zootopia um, lawsuit as well. What's that? Uh, seemingly another person had pitched Zootopia to them.
2: To Disney? Yeah,
1: to Disney with like, character designs that very closely resemble this. Okay. Anyway, so if you're really into the law and you're really into nerd culture, this guy combines them tells you all about it in a really nice and digestible way and Leonard is just a really nice guy like he's he's really nice to listen to so
2: my is Frederick Nutson on YouTube and he has a playlist series called Down the Rabbit Hole where he just talks about there's one on Chris Chan who's famous from uh Encyclopedia Dramatica and 4chan but he just kind of does like very well researched uh things on the internet he's one of Plague Doctors he has one on Otaku Culture and the rise of it in the Plague Doctors Plague Doctors are the ones that wear the beaks just
0: like from olden times
2: yeah just like cool okay. where they're from yeah, they're, they're, yeah. it's, it's no, just I always been curious just stuff that he's interested in and he's done the research and now he's spreading the word and I really like those kind of channels there's also uh, I'll, I'll I'll link this as well but there's a guy on Wired and they've had him on like two or three times, but he's a dialect coach, and he's just really, really, really good at languages. He can identify any language in the world, but and and, and kind of and like pick him apart. Uh, but he's done one on like fictional languages, so he's done like two languages in Game of Thrones, uh, Klingon. Uh, I can't remember what else he's done, um, but he's just talking about like how it's really, really hard to make come up with a language from nowhere and make it sound authentic. Mm. So it's not gibberish, but it's got a tone and sincerity behind it that makes it believable. interesting. Yeah.
1: So that'll keep you guys busy.
0: Yeah,
2: that'll do it. For the Loot Drop and this podcast.
0: So guys, once again, thank you for joining us. I think we we all learned some things during this podcast.
2: Yeah, I I learned my limits. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thanks, everyone. And with that, guys, we will see you in two weeks. Thank you very much.
3: Bye. Bye. It's not a game. I'm not a robot. Eh?